up, Badlands. Explain those Badlands. That's a hell of a name. Mr. Vice President, I'm going off script again. I know, but I just want to personally thank you. We've been through some stuff. We've gone through some, some of the most complex military operations this country's ever conducted. And your steady hand and your leadership during those was a great source of strength for me. Thank you for your leadership. Thank you for your character. Thank you for your selfless service. Thank you for commitment. Thank you for being a mentor to me, Mr. Vice President. It's called the swamp. And you know what happened? And you know what I did? A big favor. I caught the swamp. I caught them all. Let's see what happens. Nobody else could have done that but me. I caught all of this corruption that was going on, and nobody else could have done it. Four years we gather on these steps to carry out the orderly and peaceful transfer of power. Today's ceremony, however, has very special meaning because today we are not merely transferring power from one administration to another, but we are transferring power from Washington, D.C., and giving it back to you, the people. For too long, a small group in our nation's capital has reaped the rewards of government while the people have borne the cost. Washington flourished, but the people did not share in its wealth. This American carnage stops right here and stops right now. The forgotten men and women of our country will be forgotten no longer. From this day forward, a new vision will govern our land. From this day forward, it's going to be only America first. This is a president of the United States who is a danger to the Republic. America first. He knows he's an illegitimate president. The oath of office I take today is an oath of allegiance to all Americans. The great Trump recovery. America will never be a socialist country. I will fight for you with every breath in my body. Russia, Russian pro-Russian, Russian, Russia, Russian, 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 Russians. Russia, Russia, Russia. Russia. And I will never, ever let you down. A dangerous virus is spreading rapidly in China, and U.S. officials are very worried that it could come here. This is really the worst attack we've ever had. This is worse than Pearl Harbor. This is worse than the World Trade Center. There's never been an attack like this. The time for empty talk is over. Now arrives the hour of action. What they're doing is using COVID to steal an election. Together, we will make America strong again. You know what it's about? Fraud, fake ballot. We will make America wealthy again. 
They are trying to steal the election. Now, under the leadership of President Trump, we are fully realizing President Kennedy's prescient view of special operations forces. We will make America proud again. And watch, please, those mail-in ballots. We will make America safe again. And in millions and millions of ballots, their vote is under what they thought they needed. They're dumping more ballots in there, okay? And yes, together, we will make America great again. Thank you, God bless you. If we are right about the fraud, Joe Biden can't be president. Congress, the chair declares the joint session dissolved. And God bless America. Here's the moment you've all been waiting for. Here is devolution. 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 With a tell. Patriot. The best is yet to come. Congrats on this. I like this show. The Power Hour. That's got a good sound yeah, to it. Good evening, everybody, and welcome to the Wednesday edition of the Devolution Power Hour. Hope you guys are having a great week so far. I know I am, for the most part. It's been a very eventful news week, as always, but how are you guys doing? Brittany Bright, I'm honestly surprised you're not wearing a pink scarf after your <laughs> Barbie episode yesterday. I think we won Chris over, though. He was like, he was all upset at the movie choice if you guys have not watched the story hour from last night we did get we did get some you know reviews from people who didn't want to watch the movie but they still enjoyed the episode and uh chris kind of blew all of our minds with a bit of a deep dive on the literal very literal nazi origins of barbie and ken which also blew my mind but mm. uh yeah it was a it was a dystopian sort of a rabbit hole to go down but we made it through um all much the gayer and more communist because of it yeah i tuned in for like a second i was like okay i'll just i'll, I'll see see how it goes and you were in the middle of saying if i could take one white pill from this <laughs> and i was like no no not yeah. doing it and so i tuned no the, the incredible thing about that movie that I, that what i was saying in that in that intro and how we ended is that it's a fascinating peek into the mind of true, true believer communists. Most of the people we talk about on the power hour. What? Oh my goodness. <laughs> that, Happy birthday. Per perfect timing. Yeah. <laughs> Most of the people we talk about on the power hour that we'll talk about tonight, they are, in my opinion, knowing criminals, right? They know that they are opposed to Trump, the America first movement, etc. But in the culture war, a lot of these people in Hollywood and making our entertainment, they don't know that they're communists. They think that they're on the right side of things. And when you try to get into people's minds like that, uh, it's a scary place to be. Yeah. Anyway, that's all I'm going to let you talk about, Barbie. And I know you really <laughs> wanted to a lot yeah. longer, but it is worth probably worth a watch, I'd imagine. You guys normally do a good job with that stuff. So go check out Story Hour yesterday. But if you do, I'm going to call you gay so yeah, just... yeah the movie is not worth a watch the episode about the movie is worth a watch there you go that's, okay that's what, that's how i'll say um tonight's episode i want to have a discussion again about the immunity stuff because 
Um, are you guys familiar with Kiram on True Social? Yes. Kiram 17. Oh, yeah. He, uh, yeah. Great follow. Yeah, he sent me a text. It is a good follow. He sent me a text, and he had a question about this immunity stuff. And I want to have a discussion around that. I also want to have a discussion around um, uh, the Fannie Willis stuff. We can get into that. There's some CIA stuff we can talk about. I mean, we'll, we'll see how the episode's going. But there's a lot of lawfare things that have happened very recently, including this is something you missed, Bernie Bright. Il a judge in Illinois took Trump off the ballot or is trying to, even though she didn't enforce it. She's pending further ruling. But another potential blue state who did the same thing. So the weaponized lawfare. So the thing so, that hasn't worked anywhere else, and they're just going to try it there, too. Yeah, we're still waiting on a ruling from SCOTUS, but can't imagine that's going to go through. But anyway, so we'll we'll discuss some of this lawfare stuff, but the immunity thing is what I really want to get into, because um, I think we can have a pretty good discussion around that. And then, yeah, we'll see where it goes. We might get into the Smirnoff stuff from the Weiss investigation. Um, might be some other things, too. Oh, the Bitcoin thing. That's actually what I want to start with. After we get through our um, boosts from last week and our first couple sponsors, because I was, I can't remember his name, the El Salvador president, another Bukele. good follow. Yeah, Bukele. He's like a shit poster. Like he, yeah, he, he's, he's hilarious. He trolls people. He's awesome. So I, was, I noticed this and I was scrolling through his Twitter feed and I came across a really interesting post on what he did with the gangs in El Salvador and how he basically like saved the country. And this post was like, holy shit, this is what Trump was up against here, except it wasn't gangs, it was the deep state. And so I want to have a discussion around that as well. So let's do the boost first, Burning Bright. All right. And for those who aren't aware, if you're watching the show after the fact and you want us to read a rant of yours on air, you can give us a Badlands boost. Go to badlandsmedia.tv, click support, click on the show, and we'll read it. I also want to let people know, even though it's cultural heretics related, there was a glitch. So we've had two episodes of Cultural Heretics. It's coming back for episode three tomorrow. We did get your boosts from the first two episodes, but they were not displaying for us. So we have all of those. So I get it. People didn't see their boosts getting read or anything. So we do have all the boosts on all the shows now. Uh, Beck sent in 20 bucks, said, OMG, this is Sissa Director's father. She's related to the Koch family. Wow, layers upon layers. Noelle Koch is military too. Um, Noel Koch, U.S. What? Naval Institute. Uh, Mr. Koch served for 11 months as Deputy Undersecretary of Defense for Wounded Warrior Care and Transition Policy in the Obama administration. Sent a link over here. Um, Wait, how, how is it connected to Krebs? Uh, I, mean, I think she's about Jen Easterly, isn't she? Jen Easterly, I think. So she says, this is oh. CISA directors. Yeah, she is related to the Koch family. Gotcha. Supposedly. I sent the link over there. Um, so, I mean, we'll look into that. Thank you. We were obviously talking about CISA a lot last week. Uh, Mama J sent over a hundred bucks and said, uh, long time lurker. Thanks for all you do and speaking out against the corrupt system. I really enjoy all the different perspectives on Badlands. Thank you, Mama much, J. Much appreciated. Uh, Susie Q sent 50 over and said, listening to Wednesday Power Hour the next day, Mike Pompeo was mentioned as possible vice president option. Have you all watched the Tucker Carlson interview with Julian Assange's wife where he goes off on Mike Pompeo saying he tried to assassinate Julian and Tucker feels Pompeo should be in prison for trying to kill him? Wondering what your thoughts are regarding Tucker comments about Pompeo. Is he a white hat? Thank you, Badlands, especially John and Kate. Been following you since 2020. You're my trusted news and so thankful for you all. God bless America. I'm wondering if that's potential fake news 
about Mike Pompeo. But guys, did you hear? Oh, it Tuck, is. <laughs> did you hear what Tucker said? I mean, groundbreaking. Tucker finally came out and said, "Buckle in, buckle in." Yeah, seriously, the 2020 election was stolen, and we might not be getting the full truth about what's happening in Ukraine. Oh my God! Only took him three and a half years on the election and two years on Ukraine. Could I find other guys. truths like this on Twitters? No. Only or Tucker. podcasts even, maybe? And, Only yeah. Tucker. Crazy. Yeah, man. Uh, yeah, uh, Susie, um, Kyle's talked about this quite a bit, but uh, yeah, I think, you know, that's either a case of fake news there or um, it's Tucker very doing Tucker news. stuff. I mean... It's very fake news. The source in, in English media for the Pompeo tried to assassinate Assange that claim, that story is from Michael Isakoff, one of the original journos who pushed the Russia Gate hoax. Uh, like you don't Perfect get more, sourcing. you don't get more Russia Gate journalist than Michael Isakoff. Um, yeah. He's the source of that in American media, and then where he's coming from is a court case uh, that has to do with a contracting company that uh, installed surveillance equipment or was asked to install surveillance equipment in the embassy where Assange was. And one of the people who worked at that company claims that a guy told him that he was told that the CIA wanted him to just leave the door open and maybe they could kidnap Assange or maybe poison him. So it's like this third, fourth, fifth hand thing from a guy who knew a guy who said a thing who supposedly was CIA. And from that, Michael Isikoff and Assange's team are saying, Mike Pompeo tried to kill Julian. So it's just not that credible or substantial. Yeah. yeah. It's not that well substantiated. Uh, the Trumper Mike was very upset about John cutting Kyle off about his coffee rant last yeah, week. I read that. And I just want to comment. Number one, Trumper Mike, <laughs> I'm sorry you're upset, but this is the devolution power hour. And so we try to keep things devolutionary. He had a, he had a comment about me asking you if your doc stuff is going to be devolution related. So, you know, since it's my show, I feel like I get the, you know, I get to kind of choose what stuff we cover on here. The coffee thing, you guys can talk about that on, on defected. That's yeah. I'm no patient. And That's I let fine. you and go for like five minutes. The and way we it was. did. And we got, <clears throat> we got dozens and dozens of thank you messages for talking cool. about coffee. Power hour would literally be five hours okay. if he let us just. Yes. People don't understand. Kind of Shit eating wild men <laughs> that we want to be. So, you know, yeah. each show to, has its vibe. This, this show Not is here. supposed to be devolution focused. My show, however, that I do on my own, on my own rumble channel, is not devolution focused, and I dive into a lot of court docs there. Be a great uh, place for Trump or so, Mike to check you out, huh? So, uh, to be honest, guys, I really don't mind that much when John says, let's not go into that thing that you're going to go into, because that means I just go into it on my own show. Yeah, But I'm also happy to, to do it here, you know? Uh, uh, Lil Shit MPLs. Lil shit MPLs sends 10 bucks over says, thank you for your dedication to doing the research, seeking the truth in all things and keeping us informed, praying for God's protection over all of you. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, RJ 49 says is a self-proclaimed philomath. Can you guys tell me what that means? Philomath? Philomath? Former businessman, pilot, and science teacher. A lover of math. Yeah. Okay. That makes sense. 
Uh, must give kudos to Patrick, the only one of you who grasps the big lie, which happened 500 years ago at the death of Copernicus. Remember when people such as John Kerry talk about indisputable facts, those facts are always indisputably paid for. Climategate reach research operation fish fishbowl of 1962 real fact philomath is a lover of learning and studying interesting nice. i yeah. think we all are well thank you i would agree 1027 js sends 15 over says happy devolution power hour that's from tonight so thank you thank you oh, thank you and bubblehead 604 sends 17 bucks over tonight says rather than love rather than love than money than fame give me truth Quote from Henry David Thoreau, known Massachusettsan. Uh, thank you, John <laughs> Kyle BB and all the Badlands crew for being the finest example of an organization which represents Thoreau's sentiment and demonstrates it every day. Awesome. Thank you thank guys you. for those boosts. And we will read the rants at the end of the show. We're going to get to our first two sponsors, then we'll get into the immunity discussion. So let's start things off with Easy RX. We constantly talk about health and different ways to help, and we get many questions about ivermectin and where you can get it. That's why we've partnered with EZRX. They have a huge selection of meds at badlandsmedia.tv slash EZRX. You can also click on the description box of this video and use promo code BADLANDS for 10% off of any order over $150 or more. EZRX is, not only has a huge selection, but also quality assurance, big savings, and fast shipping. So if you're looking for ivermectin, hydroxychloroquine, or fenbendazole, head that way. And fenbendazole especially, they've tested on worms and parasites that can live inside of us without obvious signs and can lead to complications from bowel obstruction to loss of appetite, loss of weight, anemia, lung infection, and liver congestion. Fenbendazole seems to have different qualities in that some people have stated it helped them with the area of cancer. And we actually have another clip to discuss that. Research that once you have wide metastasis, small cell lung cancer, you're literally a goner. The zero percent chance of survival at three to six months of life expectancy, and I was basically told to go home, get my affairs in order, and think about hospice. And the next day, I got a call from a large animal veterinarian in western Oklahoma. There's a college friend and family friend, and he told me this crazy story about a scientist at Merck on the veterinary side who has been doing cancer research on mice, and she had hundreds of mice that she'd implanted cancers in all their body parts, brain, stomach, liver, pancreas, etc. And her mouse population came down with intestinal parasites. And so she had no choice but to save her research. She gave her all of her mice fenbendazole. If you went out to any zoo in the world, they bring in fenbendazole by the truckload, front-end loader, head-high piles in bays because they give that drug to every single animal in the animal kingdom. And one of the oldest and safest drugs around, right? Yeah, it's been around for 40 years. Awesome. And actually, I lied. We're not going to do immunity first. We're going to talk about the El Salvador thing because I thought this was so interesting. So bear with me. I'm going to read this post and then I want to have a little discussion and then we'll get into the immunity stuff. So this is from a Michael Ruiz and this uh, Naib Bukele, the president of El Salvador. He he shared this post. So that's how I found it. People will criticize Bukele and his handling of the gangs because they claim it's a human rights violation. They say there's no due process for them. As libertarian uh, leaning, I sympathize with this view, although I don't hold it. Here's why. The gangs essentially operated as a parallel government, a vicious one and a rogue one. Does that remind you of anything? Maybe a little... Uh... Oops, let me put us on the screen. Just, there we just go. a little bit. A little bit of a deep state thing. And that's kind of what I want you guys to think here, is what he did and the gangs, how they were operating versus how the deep state operates here. 
They set unofficial policy for the people, and the people had no recourse. For decades, the gangs were able to operate without being subjugated to traditional law enforcement and judicial processes. It was basically like being ruled over by barbarians, and terror was how they operated. So whose human rights are being violated in this situation? The answer is all the people of El Salvador. Don't they have a right to determine their internal policies? Don't they have a right to determine its government structure and live in peace and harmony? If there's any reason for a government to exist in the first place, it is to protect the rights of its citizens. Rights that were being constantly violated on a daily basis by a rogue gang government. So in this case, I see it as a war. And when there's a war, the rules of engagement are different. Civil procedures take a backseat to survival. Once I framed it in that context, it made more sense. While I appreciate the concern that the critics have to Bukele's approach, I think they fail to fully capture the dire circumstances that necessitated extreme measures. Um, that, that That's kind of the, the piece that I want to discuss. Like, what Bukele did there, people complain about it, but when you frame the gangs as operating as basically a parallel government, that is exactly what we have here in the United States, especially when, you know, when, when Obama and the Bushes or whoever were in office, it wasn't as much parallel as that's just they were in power. But when Trump took over, they were still doing all the bullshit things that they've always done. And Trump was trying to combat that at every turn. And that is what he's up against now, too. And this is what they're they're in power again in a, a certain sense. But everything they described in that, that post about what they've done, they've like reigned with terror. That's what they're doing to us, mega Republicans, right? They, they come after us with lawfare, all sorts of things. And this is what Trump is up against. And so it's to, to me, it's like it, it, you can you can frame this in the sense of what Trump did with devolution is a form of, again, it's a war. And this is that's one of the moves he was taking to fight back. But I thought it was really interesting, especially with El Salvador, that president and Bitcoin being up so much lately, like everybody's got the FOMO for Bitcoin now, which, by the way, another sponsor, I won't do a whole ad on this, but we do have a, a partner, a Bitcoin partner where you can we get like an affiliate or whatever if you get Bitcoin through River, and I'll post the the link here. It'll scroll at the bottom. I'll post it in the chat. But anyway, you guys can go ahead and comment on that if you got anything. I can't say that I've paid any attention at all to Bukele or any of that stuff, but I have really? paid attention to MS-13 and what has been happening in the U.S. And that's all because of Trump and Barr and John, one of John Durham's son, John J. Durham, who's in the a prosecutor in the EDNY and Task Force Vulcan. And they have continued from from uh, Trump's admin into Biden's admin, um, arresting and convicting MS-13 gang members, uh, bringing RICO charges against a number of them. And recently, some pretty high-level ones, within the past six months, some pretty high-level uh, MS-13 people have been extradited to the U.S. to stand trial. So um, events in El Salvador I haven't paid much attention to, but stateside, it seems like there's a parallel action against MS-13 coming from the U.S., and I'm sure that the U.S. has supported El Salvador in whatever ways they can with their own cleanup operation of MS-13. So good news all around. I mean, we're talking about criminals and thugs, and uh, right. I love... I love a bit of justice coming their way. Yep. This makes me think of a few things. I think uh, uh, last week's story hour, Chris Chris had selected the movie Scene Nombre, which is um, which is all about uh, gangs down in that that it's all about MS thirteen, but through the lens of Mexico, Central America, El Salvador, etc. Uh, but but Chris brought up um, Bukele in that episode and was showing pictures 
of the gang members that had been rounded up. So for those who are not aware, um, the El Salvadoran government had rounded up uh, 66,000 gang members, um, high, like high-ranking captains, etc. There's photos you can find online of literally jails full, full to the, like, far as the eye can see of MS-13. And um, in that context, what we were talking about is there's this idea, I think, among Americans, because we've just never seen something like that in our modern modern lives, that there's this idea that it's impossible, right? If you just want to go criminals and good guys, bad guys and good guys, there's like, well, it's institutional corruption. How are we supposed to fight gang warfare? They're decentralized. They're everywhere. Uh, you know what you do? You do something that just a, a quick little search shows me that in October 12th, 2023, AP News headline, El Salvador sends 4,000 security forces into three communities to root out gang members. 4,000 troops went into three towns and cleared them out because everyone in those towns knew all of the criminals. They knew who the gang members were. And guess what they did? They put them in jail. They put them in jail. That's it. And now they're gearing up El Salvador, this tiny little backwater nation, according to our sensibilities and the incredible United States of America with law and order and justice and freedom and all the stuff we have here. A tiny little backwater in South America has put is going to put 66,000 violent criminals on trial in rapid succession throughout the next year and a half. It's amazing. I was told that that's impossible. <clears throat> And they it's totally, impossible to do that, right? They totally revamped their economy with Bitcoin too. Yeah, and and nuts. and and so that's the other side of it, right? Like that's the to to people like G Money and Pip, and obviously Rug Pull Radio and that that that's a huge, you know, they they consider Bitcoin, Bitcoin maximalists consider that to be counterinsurgency, a a peaceful, positive form of counterinsurgency. They're not talking about counterinsurgency in the way we think of it. They're talking about counterinsurgency against the central banking apparatus the petrodollar. And I think this stuff all ties into devolution. And I know we talk about it. I, I know we talk about it kind of vaguely, but I, I really been thinking about this lately because I've been I've been trying to figure out how the hell to distill recent Ukraine news into an article. Um, and it's really made me think with the rebalancing sort of international order of things, the devolution operation in the United States was pivotal for the world to reorganize yep. itself because the central banking apparatus main enforcement arm of their regime has been the US military, right? Even recently when we got Venezuela news, what does Joe Biden, what do the establishment wanna do? They threaten them with US military action and none comes. What happens when Russia goes into the Donbass? We threaten them with military action, none comes because of devolution, right? So I bet you, if El Salvador, if Bukele wanted to crack down on MS-13, which has ravaged his nation, and he had the full mandate of, the, of his people to do that, if a different situation was going on in the U.S., he would be smeared as a radical, and there would be a CIA-led color revolution there to depose a yep. Bukele, right? And yep. so I know this was long, but my, my takeaway from all of this is that if El Salvador can clean up crime in their entire nation in a summer, it is, it is easy 
for us to do this kind of thing. And the only reason the United States has not done it is because the people who run our country directly benefit by all of the organized crime that takes place in it. And it's as simple as that. And what's fascinating, too, is when you think of what was happening in El Salvador with all the gangs, they they had totally taken over the economy with all their corrupt business dealings. And so really the only way that you can escape that grip that they had is to do something like implement a Bitcoin type system that gets you completely out of their hands. Right. And that's that's kind of what G money and them say about what needs to happen here. And what's also interesting is we've also talked a lot about templates and like we, we look at Brazil, what happened in Brazil with Bolsonaro and the election stuff. And they had their own little J six with their own little Brazilian QAnon shaman or whatever. And all these yeah. things are like, okay, well, that's interesting. And then we, I think it was Germany who they had a whole rerun of their election because stuff went, went down on the machines and then they want to ban a whole party they want to ban the afd party in germany because it's nationalist yep and then argentina like where they ended up just dropping all of the the machine voting in one of the their biggest city and went hand counting only and they have a new uh, president in there who had a bro hug with trump at cpac like we talk about all these templates and you look at what they're doing in in el salvador and, and that could almost be looked at as a template as well that all of these countries especially the united states can can follow but you know I would urge you guys if you i see a lot of people in the chat talking about oh i i don't understand anything about bitcoin nobody does nobody understands yeah. everything about bitcoin it's a go, big rabbit hole go watch rug pull radio tomorrow night i'm, I'm sure they're going to be very humble uh, tomorrow night i can yeah they're not gonna be humble about it but oh here's the thing though i i do want to <laughs> say that i i because we all understand how g money can be and pip and and the bitcoin maximalist but i will say i have witnessed the chat when when people on these shows on power hour and other shows go on to rug pull radio and there is a ton of badlands viewers who go into rug pull radio and they start yelling at the host and insulting bitcoin people and you 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 know you bring that kind of ignorance in and it's like at a certain point when you're infinitely wrong over and over and over again as i was about this stuff like you eventually you have to understand that there's something to it and it, it may not make you into a maximalist but if you just understand why people believe in it this strongly, and now when we see an entire nation state, it's pretty interesting when a yep. sovereign nation adopts it to backstop their war on the very organized crime that is pouring over our southern border. You know who doesn't have an MS-13 problem right now? El Salvador. You know who does? The United States. Everywhere else. So it's yeah. kind of funny, right? It's like it there's something is. to it. I would, um, yeah, I'm not a financial advisor. We've been telling people to diversify, get your gold and silver, badlandsgold.com, get your Bitcoin now at uh, partner.river.com slash badlands. Buy a little bit every week. It's very simple. That's what I do. And yeah, check out Rugpull Radio tomorrow. And also speaking of that, like if you go in being dicks to somebody else, eventually they're going to be a dick back. A lot of people... They just have a shorter well, window I mean, to that. <laughs> you know, they have like, no window we'll, to that. We'll give you a, we'll give you, yeah, we'll, we'll give you a little bit, but uh, on rug pull, you get, I think, half a comment and then. Yeah. Anyway, Kyle, let's, um let's talk about the immunity situation and what, um what happened today. And uh, okay. yeah, a lot of avenues we can go down with this. So let's start with maybe a little summation. Okay, so in Trump's uh, the J6 election interference case that Judge Chutkin has out in D.C., when Jack Smith brought against Trump, um, he appealed it. As you guys know, we went through the appeals process with the, the appeals court. Trump lost there. It got kicked back 
to Chutkin, but then Trump appealed it to SCOTUS and he asked for a stay um, of the case. And last week, there was some fake news going around that Trump missed the deadline and therefore he gave up his appeal. That was never true. Um, it was just fake news. Uh, SCOTUS today announced that they will be taking up Trump's immunity case and that his that case, J6 case, is still effectively stayed. Uh, nothing is happening with it. And Jack Smith is very upset. This is the worst case scenario for Jack Smith. Uh, you guys may remember he went to SCOTUS. He tried to leapfrog to them earlier. Yep because he knew it was going to go there. So he tried to leapfrog to SCOTUS and get them to go ahead and take it up early, like two months ago. And they were like, nah, man. And so then it had to go through the appeals level, which added another month or so to the process. Well, now SCOTUS has accepted it. And the the, the question at issue that SCOTUS is going to be considering, when SCOTUS looks at this stuff, there's can a- I, Can I comment on one thing real quick about what you just yeah. said before you go on? Yeah. Um, the biggest thing I've seen so far from like the leftists about them being pissed is, if SCOTUS was going to take this up, why did they not take it up a month or two months or whatever right. in December right. when Jack Smith brought it the first time? Like, why did they do that? It's like they delayed it, installed it because they saw what he was doing. But also, like, that's the correct procedure that you have to follow. That's, but, but that's anyway. right. That's right. The SCOTUS um, almost always wants to hear from a lower court first and let it work its way up to them. Um, so the question at issue, that the specific question that SCOTUS is considering is whether and if so to what extent does a former president enjoy presidential immunity from criminal prosecution for conduct alleged to involve official acts during his tenure in office and this is where there's really going to be a lot of contention it's this official acts term trump says the acts that he has been charged with the conduct he engaged in that jack smith is saying is criminal these were official acts, and therefore he has presidential immunity. Jack Smith is saying, no, they were not official acts. They fall outside the scope of official acts. So one thing that we could see happen before SCOTUS actually gives a decision on this is they may kick this thing down to a lower court again and ask for an evidentiary hearing on what is an official act and what is an unofficial act. So just because it's at SCOTUS now doesn't mean that we're going to get a decision next month. Not at all. SCOTUS might start down this path and then say, you know what? We're not convinced of these, these terms here. We're going to kick this down again, evidentiary hearing, and then come back to us after the evidentiary hearing. Uh, but assuming that doesn't happen and it just SCOTUS just picks it and runs with it, okay? Their first hearing is scheduled for April, I want to say it April is. April 22nd, I think, or something. And then... Um, yeah, April 22nd, and then they're probably going to take a month before they give an opinion, but they usually issue their opinions for this term in mid-June. So it's most likely, most likely, SCOTUS is going to issue their opinion on this thing mid-June at the earliest. Judge Chukin already said that she would give three months of trial prep. Whenever this case makes its way back to her, if it does, she's going to give it three months to prepare for trial. So that would mean June, July, August, September. September would be when this thing would kick off, mid-September. But that falls within the 90 days before an election day, and DOJ has a decades-old policy of not bringing any criminal prosecutions or cases or trials that are politically charged within 90 days of an election. I wouldn't be surprised if they waived it for Trump, but... so. That's another like hiccup thing. Like, like 
Trump and team may say, look, according to you guys own policy, your own rule book, your own DOJ policy that you have gone by for 20 plus years, you don't bring cases like this, this close to an election day, which goes to the selective prosecution uh, dismissal that Trump has, has brought. So, but anyway, at the earliest, we might see this case, if it does get kicked, like if the presidential immunity is ruled on in such a way that Trump is still charged, okay? And this does go back to Chukin. At the earliest, we might see a case or a trial start up in September, mid-September. But like BB and I, and I think John too, have said this entire time since these cases came around, the cases and the trials are Trump's campaign. And so, and they're as much as campaign as anything else. They're every bit as much as campaign as any stop he's going to make on the campaign trail um, or anything else. So I'm not bothered at all by the idea of him being in a courtroom in October or September, right up leading up to election day. Hell, the the October surprise this election cycle could be Trump being acquitted. Like, sign me up for that. This is or convicted this is fun. and wins anyway. <laughs> That's a good or, yeah, so or he's convicted and wins anyway. Um, so yeah, I, I I I'm pretty excited about this. I I've said all along that I think SCOTUS will affirm presidential immunity, and I think that they will narrow it a bit to where Trump has some uh, clearance here, maybe not full clearance for every charged act, but some clearance. And I think they'll rule on presidential immunity in a way that makes it easier to charge other presidents for unofficial acts they make while in office that you know are a conflict of interest or corrupt in some way. Um, but I, I really do not see SCOTUS saying that there is no such thing as presidential immunity. At worst, they'll say that Trump's acts were not official acts. Like that's the that's what Jack Smith is going to be hoping for is that SCOTUS says that these acts that Trump engaged in were not in his official capacity as president. Therefore, he doesn't have presidential immunity. But in order for that to happen, like you said earlier, they're likely going to have to get clarification on which specific acts they're talking about. It's going to have to get sent back exactly. down to the lower court. What, exactly. I, what I see them having done here by when Jack Smith, he saw the writing on the wall earlier. He's like, hey, we need to speed this along because the whole goal here is to get that narrative of Trump being indicted for whatever committing insurrection. And now it's clear that they want that so they can take him off all these ballots. Um, yep. But regardless, the, the whole point of this is to have this done before the election. SCOTUS said no, go through the actual process. It got delayed, delayed, delayed. And I, I see them doing the same thing here, whether they rule on make any ruling or determination i don't think it will be in time for the election um but th this is i, I want to read a, a truth from trump and then i want to read a uh, a post from kiram and, and have a discussion over this because we, we've kind of talked about this before but i still think it's good this was today legal scholars are extremely thankful for the supreme court's decision today to take up presidential immunity without presidential immunity a president will not be able to properly function or make decisions in the best interest of the United States of America. Presidents will always be concerned and even paralyzed by the prospect of wrongful prosecution and retaliation after they leave office. This could actually lead to extortion and blackmail of a president. The other side would say, if you don't do something just the way we want it, we're going to go after you when we when you leave office or perhaps even sooner. Actually, I think there's one more. Um, yeah, right here. Page two, a president has to be free to determine what is right for our country without undue pressure. If there is no immunity, the presidency as we know it will no longer exist. Many actions for the benefit of our country will not be taken.
some of the stuff he's saying is pretty interesting. This is in no way what the founders had in mind. Legal experts and scholars have stated that the president must have full presidential immunity. The president must be free to make proper decisions. His mind must be clear, and he must not be guided by fear of retribution. Every time Absolutely. I read this stuff, I think about it in, in the framing of, of devolution, like, okay, this guy's facing a stolen election. He needs to have the immunity to, to rule on this. But this is what uh, Kiram said, he, or he posted this underneath his post. He said, this topic of presidential immunity is confusing. Where is the line drawn, so to speak? What about this? And he's pointing out Trump himself has posted, you know, Obamagate. And what Obama did as a president is way worse than Watergate. And then there's this other one where he retruthed. Now that Russia collusion is a proven lie, when did the trials for treason begin? A lot of people, when they were looking at this immunity thing, they're like, okay, if they're going to rule that Trump has no immunity, well, that means we can go after all the stuff that Barack and these other presidents did. They had, they don't have immunity either. But then on the flip side of this now, if if Trump is pushing for it, and I think the right thing here is that it does rule in favor of Trump having immunity for official actions, presidential actions, then people are kind of saying, okay, well, that takes us away from going after Obama and, and, and whatnot. But I think the distinction here is what is done and, and what you say, Kyle, is very smart, I think, about they're going to hone in on what immunity is for and whether it's yep. for official actions or like in Obama's case is knowing that one of the one of the candidates for the 2016 election is making up false and making up and paying for false Russia, you know, collusion information or whatever on a, the other candidate and giving it the green light and your administration is involved in like perpetuation perpetuating that lie is that an official action like stuff like that that there's there's a difference i think between the crimes that some of these other presidents have done that some of them i would believe amount to the level of treason versus what they're trying to get trump on right like they're they're, they're basically framing trump here for for something that doesn't actually exist he was looking into the election fraud, which was his duty. I believe he actually went well beyond what they're accusing him of doing in terms of like taking actions before he left office. I yeah. think he implemented yeah. some sort of continuity government plan, which maybe that's what they're digging for. Regardless, I think that's much beyond the scope of what Jack Smith has honed in on here. But even that, I feel like that would be he would be immune from any prosecution from that because if there is evidence of fraud and it, it it's obvious and who's involved in it, he should be immune and he should have every justification to take any course of action he needs. There's actually precedent for that. The Supreme Court will not question what a president, you know, does to fight an act of war or whatever. I can't remember the quote specifically, but we've talked about that a million times on the show. And so I yeah. think there is a distinction here between what President Trump actually did and is being accused of doing versus what some of these other presidents have done. Plus, plus the last thing here and I'll pass it off. There's still the the part which has been argued in this case of if a president is impeached and convicted, then he's open to prosecution. And there's nothing yes. stopping some of these former presidents from being impeached and prosecuted in, in the or convicted in the Senate. And hey, fair game there, right? Yep. So you guys have a floor. Well, to your to your point, John, I think this is what you're getting at is why Trump in one of the filings brought up Clinton and Pardongate. Because Clinton was selling pardons, and pardons are themselves an official act. There is something unique to the president that only the president can do, and he can pardon someone for any reason, right? But we know for a fact that that Bill Clinton was selling those pardons, and so that's corruption. 
And Bill Clinton would say, I have immunity. It's an official act. He doesn't get more official than granting a pardon. And I think that's where that line needs to be drawn. That's where to answer uh, Kurum's question. I where is the line? I think that's the line. SCOTUS has to figure out a way, or I would like for them to, I guess, uh, to figure out a way to draw that line to where okay, it can be an official act, but if there's a corrupt element to it, it falls outside of official acts that get immunity. Yeah, you know, I I keep looking at this as I I almost see this as them. Th this is the the trial and ruling on Trump's immunity for the devolution stuff. We've talked about this before, but it's like I like that. Yeah, I, I feel it's like, like this, bait for that, right? Well, it's not even bait. It's like they're he's basically going through the the trial of him having implemented some sort of devolution and whether or not he had the right to do so yeah. right now, and it's going to be ruled yep. upon potentially like around the November time frame if things do play out on a more expeditious time frame. I mean, that's it's some interesting stuff. Seriously. Well, the the interesting thing about that that line of thought is that I could see that merging what Kyle talks about in terms of narrowing presidential authority, narrowing the definitions of presidential immunity. Often when we're talking about that, um, it's because we're talking about what you guys laid out with Obama's, with Clinton's, with previous what we would consider deep state or criminal insurgent presidents, basically. And we, we want that authority narrowed and for any future presidents, of course, because the era of Trumpism, the era of America first, we just we can't that that's our biggest concerns. That's why people like, uh, you know, Chris and Patrick talk a lot about election fraud going forward and they do it with a certain tone. And a lot of that is because it's a far forward looking viewpoint that they're talking about of saying, yes, maybe we're having this sovereign awakening, et cetera, right now. But if but if the systemic problems are still here, then 30 years down the line, we can get a whole rerun of this. So that narrowing is important. But to your point, John, on the other side of it, the narrowing also goes the other way. If if presidential authority and therefore immunity is narrowed, it puts shackles onto what the enemy has done and will do in the future, but it further codifies and entrenches anything that is within that narrower band of presidential authority, right? So to your point about devolution, John, if the definitions of presidential authority are narrowed through these cases, anything that remains within that authority band on the other side of this whole campaign is more codified than it has ever been before. So it, it does seem like one of those Trumpian art of the deal type things, right? Where it's sort of like he wins and they lose. By narrowing presidential authority and immunity, he takes away weapons from the enemy while further solidifying what he did, what he already did in the past, to your point on devolution, so that they can't then go back and take that away from him, which is why. And then one, the one point I want to make on this before, before that was it's actually similar to the El Salvador thing you brought up at the start of the show. Why was Bukele able to round up 66,000 MS-13 members? One Wait. side of that is because he had the physical means, the power projection to do it. But the real reason is because the El Salvadoran people wanted him to do that, right? And that's why this trial as the campaign 
is how Trump is is running this because I think he's trying to get as much of the public mandate onto this idea of presidential authority as he possibly can. Man, Barbie's biggest fan saying mandates now. Mandate. New is coming. It's all New about the mandate. Coming. I was actually going to say, I was about to interrupt you and be like, you had an opportunity to say mandate there, but you didn't. <laughs> and then you ended up saying that. So didn't you? <laughs> but Kyle, like, do, the, the one issue I see is like, it's it's almost like every single one of these would be a case by case basis where you can't narrow it down specifically enough where they can just be okay well this for sure falls in that line and this for sure doesn't every single one is going to be well okay case by case basis like i don't know how they can rule on this in a way that that won't end up that way i'm not i'm not sure either um i mean i some sort of corruption element is what's on my mind, but corruption is also on my mind because the SCOTUS is looking at that 18 USC 1512 case, yep. which is one of Trump's charges of obstruction. And it's a charge that's been brought against almost every J6 defendant. And um, I mean, right now I'm thinking June hits and SCOTUS rules that Trump has presidential immunity and hundreds of J6ers should not have been charged with obstruction. Yep. And so, you know, like I just see this setting up to where Trump could get this immunity and then hundreds of J6ers could have a charge dropped. And, um, well, well think of the other cases too. I mean, in New York, the Alvin Bragg one, I think the actual trial starts soon, but that's ridiculous. March 25th. March yep. 25th. That's ridiculous. Yep. You have the J6 case, it's the immunity one, but we don't know the timeline. It, it most likely won't happen until too late. The Florida one, same thing. I don't think that's going to be going down anytime soon we can talk a little bit about yep. this SIPA filing yeah too. so in the docs case uh friday judge cannon is expected to change the schedule of that case uh it's supposed to go to trial on may 20th but everybody's pretty much expecting her to add some sort of delay a month or so who knows but um it has to do with uh some trump has already asked for it to be the schedule to be changed and extended because of uh discovery and some other things that have been delayed and uh, Cannon uh, a couple weeks ago said, no, not right now, maybe later. And this Friday may is probably going to be the maybe later uh, where she's going to change the schedule. The main thing that happened today, um, and I've been refreshing it over and over again before the show started, waiting for another filing from her. She, she issued an order today, and she's going to issue another order. The one that came out today had to do with SIPA Section 4, which I've talked about on my show a lot, and we've mentioned on this show several times. SIPA Section 4 is uh, part of the Classified Information Procedures Act, and it deals with classified information that is going to be turned over in discovery, but the prosecution wants to delete certain pieces of it or redact certain pieces of it from the defense. And what they have to do is they have to go to the judge um, ex parte or in camera and ex parte, so without the other party, and say, Judge, look, this is what we got. This is why we need to keep this secret, even though it's part of broader classified discovery. We need to keep these small pieces secret or we like meaning redacted or delete them from discovery. Trump's team comes in and they say, look, judge, we want this stuff. At least let our lawyers see it. They all have clearances. They should be able to see it. And so the, what the judge does is the judge has to hear from each party individually without the other party there. So the judge hears from Jack Smith and he makes his arguments of why he doesn't want Trump's team seeing this stuff. And then he, she goes to Trump's team and she says, guys, tell me your defenses. 
make your legal arguments for a defense of your client and I'll let you, and because I'm going to see what this classified discovery is, I'll know whether or not it helps you. Does that make sense? Yep. And so if she says, yep, you know what, this discovery that the prosecution is trying to delete, it actually helps the defense. They need to turn it over. But if it doesn't, she says, no, you can't see it. And that's what happened today is Jack Smith prevailed in the SIPA four battle. Um, and this stuff, he's going to get to redact or delete certain pieces of classified information from discovery that he has to turn over to Trump, but stuff Trump already this, knows it's stuff. It's stuff. Trump already knows, of course, but it also means even though Jack Smith is the winner of the battle, it also means that nothing that Jack Smith wants to delete would actually be helpful to Trump's case. Otherwise judge cannon would have permitted him to have it. So both it's a, it's, not a win, but it's something you can know as a consequence of how it was ruled on. But the most interesting thing to me about it is she left a footnote in her order saying that she has another another order forthcoming that is going to deal with whether or not Jack Smith has to file the unclassified and redacted portion on the public docket, which mm. is something the press has filed a motion for, and it's something Trump's team has filed a motion for, and Jack Smith is fighting. And Judge Cannon, one of the things that she has been very good at is keeping as much of this case public as possible. And she stated over and over again that at any opportunity she has where she can make documents public, she's going to do it because the public has a right to see this battle and be and know as much about it as possible. So I think she they're going to prevail. And Jack Smith is going to have to file this stuff on the public docket, and we'll get to look at it. And there'll be redactions, of course, but we'll get to look at some of this discovery that Trump is going to get. Yeah, that'll be interesting. I, I am curious to see how that goes. But my point with all this is like none of these cases are going to be either successful nope. or done in time to actually prevent Trump from running and winning legitimately the 2024 election, which perfect. is the most hilarious thing. It's perfect because like we've said before, it was it is his campaign. But yeah, the, the one I'm most curious about is obviously the j6 one the immunity one because that could that, that could shed a lot of light on on how things move or go moving forward with the devolution aspect of things if it ever gets revealed but i also want to touch on um we should touch on fanny willis today <laughs> because we got some text messages now Kyle, did you fanny find a, link? a little bit play around with it yeah let's yeah just, here let's let me give you the thread of, of all of them <laughs> Yeah, so folks, you should know. I mean, I, I know you guys watch Badlands and watch CanCon and Ash and Gordon do a great job covering the most recent hearing. There's going to be another hearing Friday. And um, we'll be covering it. Ash has been all yeah. over that, Fanny. This has been. Now, you guys may remember that during this hearing that we watched uh, the other day, uh, Bradley was up there on the witness stand and he came in there really defensive, shields up, and about. 20, 30 minutes in, those shields shattered. And he was a broken man on that witness stand. You could see it in his body language. His head was lower. His voice changed. His shoulders were down. He was crying. He was defeated. And and you, if you contrast the way he testified, where he basically had amnesia about everything that had to do with Wade or Willis, and then you contrast it to these text messages, it something changed. Because leading up to this, he was dishing to Ashley Merchant about everything 
Wade and Willis affair. He was telling her everything and suddenly got amnesia. And I told John before this show started, we were talking about this. Do you guys remember uh, that first hearing, that first time that Bradley was on the witness stand? Fanny Willis or Wade's lawyers, one or the other, asked him about allegations of sexual misconduct at some firm that he left. Some job that he left. That is a crime. People should be arrested. But there was some kind of allegation about sexual misconduct of some nature. I think that they are holding that against him. Like there's, that's the threat that caused his amnesia. Um, I don't know what else could have caused it, but I put the text messages in private chat. If you want yeah, we'll to go through the, the one of my favorite videos I saw that came out of the, the, the hearing on Tuesday or whatever it was Tuesday, right? Yeah. He, he, he's sitting there reading the text. Like she came up and showed him the text and he's like reading through it. Yeah. And you can hear him under his breath be like, like, like yeah. he's like, he's like, damn, damn, fucked. yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. And then he waited another forty-five seconds, and then he responded, like, "Yep, I recall." Like after he's, the whole thing is 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 insane. This whole thing is insane. But yeah, let's read through some of these texts here. Um, and this is from Phil Holloway, Esquire. You know yeah, he's serious. an attorney and a journalist, I believe. Journalist for Esquire magazine. So no, no, that's just because no, he's I'm, a, I'm, as an attorney. That was a joke, guys. <laughs> come, on, come on, John. <laughs> uh, okay. Um, Ashley Merchant. So the FCDA Open Records is saying they don't have an original contract for when Wade began work. They only have his renewal. Is that possible? And then she sends a file, and Terrence Bradley says, wow, they stall him big time. Yes, they are. So they don't have an actual initial contract for him? Or was... Can Fulton sex, County DA didn't know. Can the sex be the contract? Is that a is that a legal thing in Georgia? Consummate the deal. You mean like some kind of yeah. lemon law? They like, fertilize the agreement. Do I don't like, know the law, but I'm just wondering. <laughs> just wondering. and I kind of wanted to just see how what, you two would answer mean, that. John. Maybe it should be. You know, maybe that's some of the narrowing we could use. Yeah, you would say that, no Barbie boy. Um, here, Chris referenced, here is Chris Campbell, a law partner of Nathan Wade. Any idea who I could get an affidavit from on the affair? No, no one would freely burn that bridge. Okay. If Chris was asked under oath, would he know? No. Wow. I figured he would. I didn't expect him to be so careful. He knows, but he won't admit it. Okay. So see, More. we, we thought, remember, we thought Bradley was like protecting them, but he wasn't. He already betrayed them earlier in these text messages and told Ashley Merchant everything. He was trying to protect himself once that he got put on the witness stand, which makes you wonder why did he, why did he go to, why did he tell Ashley all this stuff in the first place? Yeah, and then it was funny to see them try to be like, okay, well, he told her, and but it's privileged, so we can't talk about it here. And then yeah, and then they broke privilege, like his the defense attorney, whatever, prosecution, whatever side is, it's so confusing. But here's the one about the trips. Last trip was this summer, May or June. No, I didn't know. I was gone by then. Doesn't surprise me. They took many trips to Florida, Texas, and Napa, California. Yep. And like, if you remember during the trial, he like didn't remember any of this stuff. He's like, oh, I, I don't know. But then the text yeah. like, well, you clearly do know and did know what changed. Um, we got more here. When she moved her daughter there, I can't believe they were so carefree. I'm trying to anticipate her response when I blow this up. 
her daughter flunked out of FAMU and moved to Cali. And then here, why she, Fanny Willis, would hire him is insane. They had a full-on relationship, insane, just insane. He went to help her move her. Why would she hire him is insane. Yes. Like, just date him. Don't hire him. Do you think it started before she hired him? Absolutely. It started Boom. when she left. Yeah. Boom, right there. Like, he, he tried so hard to not answer that on the witness stand. Yep. And try then, and say that the context of that message was different. He was saying that he just wanted to see the draft of the motion. No, he was replying to, did the affair start before she hired him? Absolutely, well, then, it did. It gets even more specific about him knowing this. It's did It, mm -hmm. it started when she left the DA's office and was judge in South Fulton. And then they met at municipal court at some conference. That's so why I figured when he was married. Is this accurate? Upon information and belief, Willis and Wade met while both serving as magistrate judges and began a romantic relationship at the time. He corrected the municipal court. They met at the municipal court conference or whatever. And so, I mean, he clearly knows. And the fact that they were trying to cover this up, it's just, it's insane to me. Like, how can the judge, the, the judge, there's no option but for this guy to rule that this was, uh, not only did they perjure themselves, but like conflict, of, like there's so many things wrong with this. I'll have some comments on that after we get done with the text messages. Okay, I'll keep going. Um, I'm almost done with my motion. I'm not filing until Monday. Go home and sleep. I can send you a draft. Can't wait to hear about your trip. And then Terrence says, okay, happy hunting. To your knowledge, has Nathan ever prosecuted a felony? I can't find a single one. Terrence Bradley, never in his life has he ever prosecuted a felony. <laughs> and he's the lead prosecutor on a RICO case against President Trump. So, yeah. Fanny Willis put her booty call in as lead prosecutor on the case against President Trump. Man, uh, that's what I found too. It's bad. Send me a rough draft. Um, and then he says, okay, add me to footnote 15 and how much I made. I took you out. I can add that back. Good point. Yes, add it back. Anything else? Anything that isn't accurate looks good. If you remember during the trial, he was like trying to say he was just talking about the footnote looking good, not the rest of it. But she yeah. specifically mm -hmm. said, anything else that isn't accurate, no, looks good. How do you think they will respond? I'm trying to anticipate. Did you look at campaign contributions? I can't remember what we gave her when she was running. I don't remember that coming up in trial, but he's like trying to give her more evidence. Right, right. Crazy. How will they react to this? Attack me? Give me this, give the stupid no fear, no or favor speech? That's another conversation. Sonia Allen. No, they will deny it. No way. They won't attack you. Oh my God, they will say these those trips and cruises were for work, even though he didn't submit them for reimbursement. Sonia, I keep trying to figure out where she fits into this puzzle. Terrence says, yes, they're going to deny it. He continues, do you know when she was elected, he was on her executive team and was a part of all interviews for people she hired and fired. They will still deny it. Bradley was on, or sorry, um, Wade was Wade. on yeah. the executive team? Yeah. What? Yeah. That came up, that came up at one of the, one of the, uh, during one of the, I don't remember if he was on the witness stand or not. Man. I think he was, or maybe it was when Fanny was on the stand. It came up though in one of the hearings. Okay. Um, and then Ashley continues. I did hear that, but didn't include it because I didn't have any proof. Was he just not paid for that? I'm not sure if anyone from the office would verify. I'm shocked she paid him so much. How did they think they wouldn't get caught? So careless. Why not just not pay Nathan Lord? Terrence's arrogance. 
And then Ashley, did security accompany them on their out-of-town personal trips? Sharon says, not out of town, but would to our office or dinner. She says, thanks. I may subpoena the detail, but wasn't sure if it would help much. Those guys know it all. Taryn says, yes, but they changed. You need to subpoena her original detail and current detail. You really want the guys when she was initially elected. She's like giving all the dirt, man. He, ugh, so crazy. Ashley goes on, other than the security detail, can you think of anyone else who can confirm the romantic relationship? Obviously leaving you and Chris out of the mix. Maybe her kids, other coworkers. Terrence says her kids, yes, her command staff, Dexter, her administrative assistant. Like, <laughs> um, this is nuts. Um, this guy would, would would know, question mark, if I subpoena him, more names, and her, yes, but they may lie. Yeah, that's what I'm trying to get, as many people on my list of potential witnesses as possible, hoping McAfee gives me a hearing. Let's see what they say under oath. Who is her chief investigator? And then he says, capers no. I think Baez is the one for anti-corruption, and he is married to her executive assistant. Oh, damn. Terrence goes on. Yes, Baez would know. All might lie. Daisha knows. That's one of her besties. Fanny and Daisha. Love it. Ashley goes on. I don't know how she couldn't. Yeah, I wouldn't be angry because Daisha doesn't get paid as much as Nathan. Also, oh, I see what he's saying. Daisha works for her and is also her best friend, like another conflict of interest type thing. Anyway, Ashley goes on. Please tell me Lauren McCauley doesn't know. I want her to not be involved. And Adam, I hope they don't know. Adam, no. Lauren, no. They probably know, but not definitely. Um, probably assume like everyone else. Terrence Bradley, they're too high up not to know. But we'll say they don't be know because never been in that setting. We'll skate around it, blah, blah, blah. Um, that is the thing. Bradley about... tells. Oh, sorry. So, don't go ahead. It, go ahead. Go ahead. Bro. I'm sorry. Uh, that's the thing. Even without evidence of sex, he paid for her plane tickets and her travel. Terrence says subpoena them all. That right um, there. That tells you that Bradley knows exactly what they're talking about here, just along with everything else. And he's helping Merchant. He's telling her subpoena all of these people. And it just flies in the face of what he presented on the witness stand. Um, he's He destroyed his career on Tuesday. He absolutely destroyed his career by lying under oath um, up there on the witness stand. He'll never, I don't know, he'll probably never work again. Not as a lawyer. And, uh, aside, I was just going to say that, you know, scrolling through this this text thread is just incredible. It's a gold mine, right? It's mimetic, too. We use that term a lot. But this, this case, the whole Fanny situation is completely mimetic. And I know we've talked about this on this, this edition of the show specifically, several times and i know sometimes it's difficult to come up with a mechanism through which this is possible but when you consider you know the patriot plan however many theaters it may be involved in patriot control ghosts in the machine um it's it's really nearly impossible for me to believe that there wasn't some mechanism through which Fanny Willis was assured to be on this case, right? Like, I think some people think about Patriot Control to the degree that they're like, Fanny Willis is in on the plan, right? But we usually talk about it from the let through the lens of game theory. And we all agree that this lawfare campaign is Trump's is Trump's campaign for reelection. It's narrowing definitions, it's setting precedent, it's exposing 
corruption within our justice system, which Trump has himself said for the last 18 months is to, or for the last 12 months is really his prime goal with everything he's doing here. I mean, are we really to believe that Fannie Willis just happened to get assigned to his case? Like, do we think every federal prosecutor that could have been assigned to Donald Trump would have this kind of gold mine to go mimetic in the American zeitgeist? I just I can't actually, believe that. I actually kind of do. So this is my thought. Maybe, on maybe it. it is. Maybe it's just par for the course, but, but it's just well, let, it's let me, so perfect. Well, so I think no matter what, at the end of all of these cases, Trump comes out on top because he's innocent. Like, yes. There's not a single one of these cases where he could actually end up being damaged and, you know, maybe, maybe some narrative damage, but only to the people who are retarded and yeah. can't see past the, the riffraff. But when it but comes to the narrative like, is so good like, with this. I, I know, but well, let me make my point. Yeah, yeah. Fannie Willis, I'm pretty sure, is a Soros prosecutor. Yes. And so I think I, I think he they went to any Soros prosecutor they could and would be like, would you be willing to do this? And they got the people who said yes. And it just so happens that this one had a whole bunch of baggage involved. Like this is a cherry on top. I don't think this was a planned or expected um narrative to come out of this. I think the the plan and expected narrative was, oh, I'm being politically prosecuted, and at the end of the day, the evidence is going to show that I'm innocent and all this stuff. It just happened to be this way, and it, that's what's like. That's why it's perfect because it's a cherry on top. But this is, it, it's a Soros prosecutor, and I can't imagine. I, I just I can't I can't imagine that this part was actually like script. Like I don't see how. I mean, maybe it's just that. Well, that's what that's actually it's it's an open ended question to both of you. I know, especially Kyle looks into the cases more, more than anything else. Um, you know, if there's any kind of mechanism through which it could be guided in this direction, we talk about baiting from a narrative level that Trump and Patriots do. But, is, you know, is there any way to bait something to the degree where you get it in the district you want? And in the jurisdiction you want, it could be as simple as that, where maybe it's when you bring up Soros, it's a good point, John. Or maybe they just know it's like this is a Sor Sorosian cesspool. So whatever we get, wherever the case lands on the roulette wheel, is going to end up exposing to the American people as the cherry on top. Just how absurd, and they just landed on a great one in Fannie Willis. But it's just so perfect that I just I don't know. I mean, I wonder if there's any kind of direct, more direct mechanism they could get it there. Well, see, I, I think I think the the left and the deep state or whatever. I think they're just so out of touch and so stupid that I mean I know I know they're not actually stupid because they're smart. I mean they they got control for a reason. They they're they made smart moves, but when it comes to Trump, I don't think they realized what they were up against because I think by now they expected Trump to be like out of the race or something, like DeSantis or yes. one of these other people to have yes. gone to a point where they were beating him in the pulse about it that Trump dropped out. And that's all they cared about. None of this other stuff mattered. All that mattered was inflicting enough political damage and narrative damage on Trump to get him to not be the primary candidate for the Republican Party leading into 2024. But they, they couldn't do it. They couldn't do it in time. None of this stuff would have mattered if Trump wasn't the primary candidate, right? Yep. So uh, yeah, that, I, that's what it that's is. That's how I see it. That's yeah. that's how I see it, man. I think that like uh, the type... The type of people who would be willing to go after Trump with a case like this are going to be these types of people. What do you mean corrupt. by these types of people, Kyle? 
Wow, bro. <laughs> wow. Wow. Uh, Just because so your daddy didn't Soros, tell you where to put your singles. <laughs> the Soros-funded radical leftist and fame whores. Okay. That's what type of people. And um, I think that uh, this is just how they are. And of course, it's these kind of people who bring these cases. I completely agree with John that likely they did not expect Trump to still be in the race. They thought that they could get 90 something counts against him between all these cases and he would be too embarrassed to continue. He wouldn't have support. Remember, all these people are siloed into their leftist bullshit media apparatus, their false media matrix that programs them to think that TDS is more popular than it is and that Trump is hated by more than half of America and that he's broke, that, you know, all this stuff. And it also programs them to think that Trump actually is corrupt and a criminal. So mm -hmm. if you just bring some charges against him and start investigating and get discovery, you'll eventually find more crimes and get him on something. And then they get to this point, the point where Jack Smith is at, the point where Fannie Willis is at, and they can't find an actual crime. But yet they are and caught. And they're shocked by it. They're genuinely shocked. Yeah, and they're shocked, shocked by it. it. They're shocked. Yeah. Yes. You're probably yes. right. I give them I think yeah. what happens here is I get I give them too much credit. Yeah, probably maybe a bit, but I do think to, to your um to your notion that there might be some sort of mechanism by which things are influenced. I can totally see Ghost in the Machine encouraging Fanny Willis to bring a case like this when she did and bring right. a bold one like she did. You know, not just within the DOJ trying to get it yes. into the right into the right sort of funnel or journalist journalists going to her and sending her stories or being like or like going to her and whispering in her ear about how famous she could be politicians telling her about how, you know, if you bring this case, like it's going to make you a star like you're going to be you're, you could you could run for senator next, you know, like you're going to be so people are going to love you if you bring down the president, even if you don't win the case, if you just right. bring the case. And it causes him to, to drop out of the race. You're going to be you're going to be a Democrat Party star for the rest of your life. So yeah. I think you could totally woo her into bring, doing something like this, as stupid as it is. And if you think about like her indictment, is just a list of things. It tells no story. It gives no evidence. It's just like on this day they committed this crime at this time. Count thirty. Like it doesn't give you any information because she doesn't have it. Um, she can't her case isn't sense. well constructed so but it didn't she didn't need it to be yeah. um so yeah that's that's how well, i think of it. of it it's it's no surprise that we're at a point where it's falling apart for them it's crashing on their heads now this is an opportunity for me to bring up what i was going to say earlier about the judge and her being disqualified i was reading an article from the atlanta journal constitution an opinion piece probably written by a leftist who thinks donald trump is corrupt and probably is a dim okay so filter on for that. But he was saying that the way Georgia law works, it reads that you can't disqualify a prosecutor for the appearance of a conflict of interest. It has to be an actual conflict of interest. That's the threshold. It's not just appearance like it is in some other places. It's It has to be an actual conflict of interest. So it's not as simple as oh they lied on the stand and they're in a relationship and she hired her boyfriend it has to be like there's a real conflict here where having this prosecutor on this case is there's a corrupt element to it where she is benefiting 
from being on this case and her boyfriend is. So Ashley Merchant is, if she's going to succeed with disqualifying Wade and Willis, she's going to have to draw that. That's the picture she has to paint, that the conflict of interest isn't just suggested or an appearance. It has to be actual. Do you think? And it I, I think it could have, I think she could do it. I think she could do it because she could say that Fanny gave this high paying job to somebody who's never prosecuted a felony in his whole career, paid him more than she's paying anybody else. And then he is taking her on all these expensive trips with the money that he is earning from that office. And some of that office is from, some of that money is from federal funds. Um, it's misuse of, of federal and state funds uh, in the process, in this case. And they're saying that these are business trips or work trips when really they're vacations. So I think that she, I think she can draw that, but I just want to tell people that it's, that's the picture she has to paint. It's not just the appearance or suggestion. It has to be an actual conflict of interest, according to Georgia law, as I understood it from this, this piece I read. Yeah. Well, I also wonder too, like if, if they can get into the, the aspect of if you're if you're Fannie Willis and you may have told some people or promised some people like a Soros to help get you elected that you will bring a narrative that or you will bring an actual case of some sort against Trump in Georgia and you know that nobody's going to be able to bring this case unless you're sleeping with them like I'm going to have to get the guy <laughs> and pay him a bunch of money the guy that I'm sleeping with to bring this case because nobody else is going to bring this for me but I have to bring this because I was promised I, I promised I would in order yeah. to get elected as the DA in Fulton County Right. Like, I wonder if they can. That, that that's what happened here. That's that's something else. Mutual if leverage she, is effective. That's to that, that campaign way. contribution thing. That that may be the can, campaign contribution thing that Bradley was getting at. Is that Maybe. she agreed to bring this in exchange for campaign contributions from some entity, maybe Soros or somebody. Maybe Wade was a conduit for that. Mm. Conduit. Maybe that's why that came up in that text message exchange. It was certainly a conduit for something. <laughs> <laughs> I like the fusion, though, of both of your perspectives on that case, because I, I can see the path there. I like I, that's where I was looking. It's like it, it can sound silly to talk about the ghost in the machine to people. It, I think people understand uh, they can see a pathway there when we're looking at media headlines, which we do a lot. You know, you're looking at the you're looking at the headlines that are being disseminated. And it's pretty easy to imagine that whoever the source of the source of the source is there, you can once once you've leaked something and you've seen where it comes out in the mainstream media funnel, then you can just keep using that funnel because those people are effing retards and they're just going to print whatever is sensational and whatever comes out there. Uh, it's more difficult to imagine that in the lawfare campaign, but it's actually kind of funny because, John, when you're laying out, you know, the Sorosian lawyers and all the prosecutors and all that, which Trump has certainly highlighted and we know it's a huge problem, um, it's... It, it, it maybe really is dumber than we ever could have imagined, you know, like a huge swaths of our legal system actually are to use the Q refrain. These people are stupid and they really are. And to your point, Kyle, um, you could still have ghosts in the machine elements there where you're like, OK, these people are stupid. Any prosecution against Donald Trump is going to end up looking stupid ultimately because he's innocent. But. That that final point you just brought up there, John, of uh, of who, who like who's dumb enough to bring this? There is a certain Darwinian like a, a Darwinism element here where Trump knew that whoever brings the case is going to be the type of idiot 
who is going to look the worst on the stand. And if they got some, it's not impossible to imagine that there were people on the back end that are like, you know, Fanny, this is your chance. <laughs> this is your chance to yeah. make, to really make something of yourself. You can be the one who took down the orange man. And then if anybody yeah. questions you, you can just, just say, not only are you a whammon, but you're a black whammon. And you can use that and who's going to be able to go after you. It's going to make Trump yep. even look more oranger and meaner. And we, and we know that she was raised in a household where that, is, that, was, that kind of thinking is what informed her worldview. Yeah. Being black and a whammon. Yeah, like you can do whatever you want, Fanny. And if yeah, anybody gets right. in your way and you can't defeat them easily, just say that they're racist. Or throw cash at women. Yeah. Yeah. Or throw cash at them. Or throw yeah. your Fanny yeah. at them. Yeah. She <laughs> yeah. is, you know, uh, we, we say we're not financial advisors, but Fanny Willis is. So, <laughs> you, you know, if, you can always go that way, stuff them bills in the bodice. And... You know, if she owns Bitcoin, she has it in cold storage at, at home, which we all should do. But she doesn't know what Bitcoin is. She thinks that's a video game. But yeah, what this all comes back to is what Trump set up before he left office was what I believe that there's evidence that he was setting up some sort of irregular warfare note or something, the ghost of the machine, to fight back against the the narrative warfare coming from the left and the establishment. All the left wanted was to inflict enough political damage on him to get him out of the running. For the race and get us to move on from trump and th yeah they ran out of rope they ran out of rope like primary one number one do you see what happened in michigan with the primaries i mean yeah. trump swamped them again but with biden in particular over a hundred thousand votes for like basically what, what did they call it what, what was the actual term do you remember uh oh crap i had like, literally said it's not undecided earlier. it wasn't like in no, protest, um, maybe? I mean, uh, uncommitted, uncommitted. Uncommitted. Uh, I actually wanted to bring this up uh, because, um, well, well, two points. One on the Nikki Haley of it all. Speaking of Ghost in the Machine, man, I mean, if you if you just want to take Nikki Haley as the establishment stooge she is, um, speaking of whores, she, wow, she could not be doing a better job of of hoovering up all of the all the headlines about this stuff and it's easy right it's low-hanging fruit all the nikki haley headlines it's funny she keeps like catastrophically losing all these primaries and then giving these bizarre victory speeches about how she's staying in there so one way of looking at that is as we've said that she's waiting for the wreck out you know maybe it means that the deep state's waiting for the trump wreck out and i really think fanny's gonna get him or whatever uh but i think that the the ubiquity of the Nikki Haley headlines are kind of obscuring some of that signal. Uh, John, when you bring up the Michigan primaries, I think that those uncommitted voters, that storyline, it got a little glossed over by the increasing buffoonery of Nikki Haley. And what that, uh, I've, I've been saying for two years now, to win a mind war, we always talk about mandate of the people and psychological precedent, all that kind of stuff. We think that's a big part of what patriots are doing here. You do not need people to join your side of a mind war. You do not need them to become Trump people or MAGA people. All you need is for them to disassociate or defect from their own side. That's what cultural subversion and communism is all about. That's what Marxist cultural subversion is about. It's not about convincing you that communism is good. It's just about demoralizing you. 
So the same thing happens in reverse. And what those Michigan results show is that a record number, an astronomical record number of uncommitted voters, to your point, John, but there's another little nugget in there. A huge number of those uncommitted voters in Michigan are Muslims. Michigan has the highest per capita number of Muslims in the United States. They are furious at Joe Biden because of his perceived handling of the Israel-Gaza crisis. And you know who's cheerleading that narrative most of all? Rashida Tlaib and the squad. So it's just, you know, maybe these people really are that stupid, or maybe there's a lot more uh, Judas goats on the board than, than we've been willing to consider up to now. Because the Jews... That's it. You know, you, yeah, you've, dear, got, dear, you've got you can't you can't convince me that Rashida Tlaib is out there screaming into a cell phone every ten minutes about how how racist Joe Biden is, and that she's trying to push a Democrat agenda forward. There, so, I see them as just like they're they're the radical leftists. Like I could picture yeah. her doing anything crazy like that. You tell me that Rashida Tlaib was screaming for twenty minutes into a cell phone or something. I could totally believe it. But Dearborn, Michigan is the place that th there's a video. I think it was MSNBC. The guy was like putting in the totals on there. And it, it's like a very deep Arab Muslim city in Michigan. And it's like a it's almost like a bellwether type state or it's a city where like how they vote. That's how the rest of the Arab Muslim community will end up voting in the, the election. And he's going through it. He's like, OK, Joe Biden, 25 percent. Dean Phillips, like 50 votes. And then. 75% uncommitted to Biden. And he was like, wow. Like he, could, he had to like double check the paper. He was, it, it was crazy. He, he couldn't believe it. But believe it, motherfucker, this is where it's at. This is what it's come to. It's <laughs> yeah. exactly, uh, man, I think the number of uncommitted voters was more than 10 times the last number of uncommitted voters for this election cycle. 10 times the number wow. of defected liberals. Wow. And people think, and people in this community, and I get it because we're MAGA, but people in this community think that the Great Awakening is not working on normies. It is. It's just that the Great Awakening has been conflated for a lot of people in this community to believing that it means everybody becomes a Trump supporter all of a sudden. That's not what it means. No, it just means no. that they start calling bullshit on bullshit. Yeah, let, let, let me play this quick. Again, forgive me, 1,141 votes. Dean Phillips, Terrible fifty-four votes, <laughs> and uncommitted. What is this? Make sure I get this right. Three thousand seven hundred and three votes. So that's a wow. wow. If you look at it this way, this is twenty-three percent. Why do Why do we have to? And have this to is seventy-five percent. Um, and so, this is just the city of Dearborn, but that is where the biggest pocket of the Muslim American, the Arab American population. This is a place President Biden carried big time in 2020. This is key to his chances of defeating Donald Trump in Michigan. Again, this is what Joe Biden received. Perfect inversion. Perfect what inversion. The Muslims are pro-Trump. The Muslims are pro-Trump this time purely because they are so anti-Biden. I wonder what RFK Jr. thinks when he sees that. He, he was like praising Biden's character recently in an interview. Really? I just saw that? something yesterday where he said he was like an abomination to the country. Uh, hold on. I don't know. 
has Before, RFK Jr. I haven't seen have has R, what has RFK Jr. said about the I mean today Israel he said Biden, thing. Today well, he said Biden needs to prove his mental acuity. Yeah. It's not really a revolutionary take. Wall Street Journal, the winner in Michigan is RFK Jr. question mark. Which is what Check you're leading out. toward there, Kyle. Yeah, that's what I'm that's what I'm going towards, yeah. Yeah. Sorry, what what'd you say? The Wall Street Journal put out an opinion piece that said the winner in Michigan is RFK Jr. question mark because of the uncommitted. Right? He's yeah. he's been trying to he's been trying to explain to the the disaffected liberal and independent voter in the US that um that voting for him basically that it's possible to have a legitimate candidate in this election that is not a part of the uniparty. And yeah, uh, but, uncommitted mm -hmm. voters are certainly going toward proving that point. But that's the thing. As as much as people want another candidate, they're not going to get one. So it doesn't no. matter. So the point is, it's either Biden or Trump. And mm -hmm. again, this is my opinion. I I don't think they can replace him. And I don't think they will get a legitimate alternative candidate, no matter how much they want RFK Jr. to be the guy. I, I, I think they're going to be stuck with him. And that's the point, because there are so many people who are both anti-Trump and anti-Biden. But because they are more anti-Biden, they will vote for Trump. But here, this is the clip of what he said about Biden recently. And I've known President Biden for 40 years, and he was a friend. Um, he, w with all of the issues about, you know, about him, he was somebody who, I thought at least, had a kind of fundamental decency. And the fact, I just don't believe that he would have personally made the decision to deny me for Secret Service protection. I think somebody else is making those decisions. And I see, I wouldn't take that. I can see how how a headline generated off of that would look. But yeah. that last little that last little thing there of I think somebody else is making those decisions is just about the most maga take you can have on the biden administration which is that he's not in charge of anything i would yeah. i would say that rfk jr there he's not going to make any he needs to he he's going after democrat voters he's going after people who voted for joe biden in 2020 right he's the that's vivek who, ramaswamy of the democrat party sure but he wants people who voted for joe in 2020 he wants them to vote for him in 2024 he's not going to win their votes by bashing biden so he, I, yeah. I, that that right there seems fitting to me. He's on he's only on the ballot in two states right now, yeah. Utah and New Hampshire, I think. So I don't I don't know how long he's going to stay in. He needs to he needs to be on the ballot in more states to justify him staying in all the way until November. And I hope he gets on him because he's going to take votes from Biden. And that that's what that's my read on that disaffect on that disaffected voter thing, or unaffiliated whatever. Like that's those are people who. RFK Jr. can scoop up if he if he positions himself well enough. So, and he's on the ballot. Yeah, I just I can't. And I hope he stays we, we've in. said this. We've said this before to um, to that point. Uh, it's not a matter of opinion. It is uh, overwhelming statistical fact that you guys can spend all week looking at uh, RFK Jr.'s impact on on situations, on election scenarios in which Donald Trump and Joe Biden are on the ticket is catastrophic for Joe Biden, not yep. for Donald Trump. So if you're listening to Conic retards trying to tell you that he's somehow subverting Trump's campaign, 
if he's trying to, he's doing a horrible job. That That's a mathematical certainty that he just sucks energy out of the Democrat side. Yeah. Um, I want to get to our next couple sponsors real quick before I forget. Uh, let me do that here real briefly. First, we got TacRite. Did you always want to own night vision binocular, but you didn't get it because of how pricey they were? Well, now you can grab one for under $200 from our sponsor, TacRite. Similar night visions usually sell for over $4,000 once they're military grade. However, TacRite was able to make a revolutionary new night vision system. Military night vision requires at least some light to work. TacRite night vision lets you see even in pitch darkness. Our viewers can get this amazing one-time discount. You can grab one today for under $200. You don't need a coupon code or anything. Just visit TacRiteBadlands.com. Be a great gift for anybody interested in the outdoors, hunting, military, or wants to spy on their friends and family or whatever, whatever you're into, TacRiteBadlands.com. we kind of been cycling back and forth between TacRite Night Vision and TacRite Chainsaw because they keep selling out. So you guys are doing great. And I don't know if you have any weird connections you want to make to the night vision stuff pretty well, bright there's any new threats out there well, you know, nikki haley was the most recent threat she was creeping around out there Turned looking out for funding. not be a threat yeah would you consider fanny hoovering up military industrial complex funding but now she's hoovering up something else i think she's yeah, uh, yeah I don't fanny know. willis i don't know anyway we'll do our next sponsor then since there's no threats yeah. no threats from for the binoculars we got mid-atlantic our good friend david becker with renewal season and open enrollment behind us it's important to note that we at mid-atlantic business alliance are still able to enroll you into cigna ppo insurance plans david becker and his son jesse of mid-atlantic business alliance are here to help you get the best possible ppo insurance coverage at affordable rates if you think the cost of groceries has exploded you should see what the hospitals are charging these days Without the proper PPO protection, you could be liable for tens of thousands of dollars in the event of a surgery or hospital stay. Mid-Atlantic Business Alliance has been helping small businesses and self-employed individuals save money and get the best possible uh, insurance protection since 1990. And having a great network like Cigna certainly does help keep those costs down. Give David a call, 609-577-8557, or visit badlandsmedia.tv slash Becker. I think that's all I got. Actually, we do have my pillow, but maybe we'll save them. Or I could do them now and then I can go pee because I have to go pee. So I don't know. What do you guys think? Just go for it, man. Go for what? Bring the pillow, man. Bring the pillow, man. Okay, I got to let it load in the thing because we've uh, we've had um, <laughs> a new guy in the chat blowing up our rumble rants tonight. Where we blowing go one, we go all Joe. Yeah. Yeah. So thank you very much for that. Guys, yeah, make sure you give a thumbs up as well. We always appreciate the thumbs up. Help us climb that leaderboard. Wow. Yeah. And then I can't remember what topic we were going to get into when I get back. Is that it can't be all of them. Uh, we haven't talked Smirnov, CIA, Biden, EO, Moldova, Russia. <laughs> oh, <yeah>. um, <laughs> so those, yeah, everything else okay, that we, we mentioned pre-show we talked okay. about but not those so. yeah maybe we'll do smear now when i get back we'll, we'll listen to my pillow so i can go to the bathroom and then we'll do smear now when i get back to celebrate the new year we're having the biggest sale ever on overstock clearance and brand new products for example save 60 percent on our goose down comforters the best comforters ever they go perfectly with our my pillow bed sheets and duvet covers 
Save 25% on our brand new kitchen towels. They're made with the same technology as our famous My Towels. Our initial quantities are extremely low, so get them now before they go. Our seasonal flannel sheets are finally in. You save up to 50% and they sell out fast every year, so order now. They're truly the best flannel sheets you'll ever sleep on. Or save up to 80% on all our clearance items. And this is where it gets even better. For a limited time, your entire order ships absolutely free. So go to MyPillow.com or call the number on your screen. Use that promo code to get deep discounts on all MyPillow products. And for a limited time, your order ships absolutely free. <laughs> he made it back. <laughs> what? You, you made it. You I made did. it. Didn't wash my hands, but if I would have, I would have used my pillow hand towel to to dry my hands. (laughs) All right. Let's talk Smirnov a little bit because this is a development in the Weiss special counsel. It has to do with the Biden stuff. I mean, it's just interesting to see how this has unfolded. And Kyle, I know you've done like three shows on this, so we don't need three shows worth, but a nice little synopsis on why you think this is important, where you think this is going, and what this does, or what do you think is coming next from the White Special Counsel? Plus the Brady stuff we talked about. Okay. Uh, So I did just do a three-part series uh, or three videos on the Smirnov indictment. If you guys are interested in a deep dive, um, and it was a deep dive. And uh, at the end of it, I put a nice bow on it in the final episode. If you only want to watch... Part three, I think it'd be all right. But um, on this show and on other shows, you guys have probably heard me say that originally the dirt that they used on, uh, that ended up being used on Trump was originally meant for Biden. That Hillary Clinton and the Podesta group were getting dirt on the Bidens out of Ukraine in 2015 and 2016 because they were expecting him to run in the primary And they wanted to defeat him or prevent him from running in the primary by threatening him with this dirt out of Ukraine. That dirt got turned into allegations against Trump, and that later became the Steele dossier. Not all of it came from that, but that operation was already ongoing. Biden decided not to enter the primary in 2015, 2016. And so Hillary and her team converted those allegations against Trump. That's why there are so many similarities between fake news about Trump and allegations against Biden as far as their kids being corrupt and uh, various sexual stuff and drugs and all these things that they were throwing around, foreign influence, foreign contacts, all that stuff. That's why there's such a mirror between those two. Um, so Durkach has been indicted by special counsel Weiss, and this appears to be an indictment that flowed out of the clearinghouse operation that was going on in Pennsylvania that Bill Barr set up. So back uh, prior to the prior to this, uh, Andre Durkach, who I've talked about on my show a lo- uh, quite a few times, Andre Durkach was sanctioned by Treasury under Trump and indicted uh, for bringing false information and allegations against Joe Biden in the 2020 election, seeking to influence the U.S. Uh, election that year. He was sanctioned, and they used Executive Order 13848 to seize his websites. Um, and he, what he did was he peddled fake fake news, fake allegations against Joe Biden. 
Now, a lot of people automatically believe those allegations because a lot of us already hated Joe Biden and believed he was corrupt. So some dude in Ukraine is saying he's corrupt. We're like, yeah, of course he is. Thanks for doing this press conference and telling us he's corrupt. We believe you, but it was fake. It wasn't true. Um, a lot of those allegations uh, against Hunter Biden and Joe Biden ended up being sent by Bill Barr to the attorney, U.S. Attorney's Office in Pennsylvania with Scott Brady. And Scott Brady didn't have subpoena powers, or he didn't have grand jury powers. He was just doing analysis of all of these allegations, categorizing them, filtering them out. And then he was sending the good stuff, the stuff that deserved further investigation, to two places. To David Weiss in Delaware and Robert K. Herr in Baltimore. And what do you know, a couple years later, both those guys get named special counsels and do what? Investigate the Biden crime family. Not a coincidence at all. By the way, something Scott Brady said in his uh, testimony to the judiciary last last year was that anytime he wanted to uh, look further into something that had to do with Hunter Biden, he had to get clearance from no less than 17 people. And he kept on mentioning 17 people that he'd have to go to to get clearance from. And he would have to be signed off by 17 individuals. And the way he was saying it in the transcript, it was just like this... This has to be a nod to something greater. It has to be. But anyway, so now Special Counsel Weiss has indicted Smirnov, and Smirnov's indictment has caused a lot of confusion and consternation and some cognitive dissonance because um, this guy, after all, made allegations against Biden, that Biden took um, $5 million, Hunter took $5 million, and <clears throat> Joe took $5 million from Mikolo Zocheski in order to protect uh, Barisma from the prosecutor Shokin and that Biden got prosecutor Shokin fired and all of this stuff. We've heard all these claims before. These are the same claims that are in that FD 1023 form, which the House Republicans uh, made a big show of last summer and were fighting to get. Well, it turns out all the claims in that uh, FD 1023 form are incorrect, that Alexander Smirnov lied. Uh, about those claims. He lied about the trips. He lied about who he met with on the trips. He lied about the dates of the trips. Um, he lied about Hunter being in Ukraine. Hunter Biden has never visited Ukraine. According um, to Weiss. I, I think, yeah, according there, to I think Weiss. there's a flip side of this. I'll let you continue in a second because I, sure. I, I almost see two sides of, of um, Twitter, Russiagate Twitter going at this where some people are like, okay, hey, well, yeah, this is what it says. So this is what it is. But the other half is like, well, what if Weiss is just covering for, for and that's kind of the discussion I th think we should have too, but keep going. Okay. So um, the other thing about Smirnov is that uh, Smirnov, what seems to have happened is that Smirnov heard Durkacz's allegations that or Durkacz came out with in May of 2020, I think it was. And then in June of 2020, Alexander Smirnov is re-interviewed by the FBI because of this, this operation in Pennsylvania where they're going through allegations against Hunter and Burisma and Joe. And so they, they, they find Alexander, who had previously, three years before, mentioned Hunter one time in a report to his handling agent. So they go back to ask him questions, and now Smirnov tells them this, this wild story that is basically... The same thing as what Andre Durkach said 
in his already proven fake allegations, or not, I shouldn't say proven, his already uh, made allegations, which led to him being sanctioned and later indicted. It seems like Smirnov just repeated those and he did a very poor job of them uh, because a lot of the dates he gave, I saw the, uh, the excellent Twitter account Climate Audit said it's like they're doppelgangers. The every every date and trip that Smirnov gave to in that CHS report is like a doppelganger to a real date that we have found in the Hunter Biden laptop or in some other place. So it's like he just did a bad job of repeating these allegations, but it still remains that he lied. Um, so he's been indicted. Now the other thing about him is that him, just like Igor Danchenko, is a Russian speaker who has connections to Russian intelligence and has been a highly credible, highly useful informant for years and years and years for the FBI and has helped them on many, many cases where he has informed on other Russians, Russian officials, Russian intelligence officers. He, he met in like 2023, he met with Russian officials and intelligence officers and officers a number of times. Um, he's, it's just like reading through this thing. I was having flashbacks of Danchenko because it's the exact same thing. It's also a lot like uh, Christopher Steele, who suddenly goes to the FBI, who was also a CHS for the FBI, goes to the FBI in June, um, or not in June, but in leading up to the election in 2016, and brings them all these intel reports about how Trump has contacts with the Russians and is compromised. Right? It's the exact same thing, only it's against Biden. So. The other thing about uh, Smirnov, somebody showed up to his hearings when he was uh, arrested and arraigned. And that person is his cousin. And his cousin is a dual U.S. citizen with has also has Israeli citizenship. She's a former IDF soldier. She's also a beauty pageant queen. She's also a reality TV movie star. She's also works in a real estate development business that sells very high end condos in Florida. And she made sure to appear with him at his hearing. And I'm wondering if uh, Smirnov is a double agent and she's his handler. Um, yeah, there, there's um, some people on there's some wasn't weird that stuff. In the indictment. But let's let's talk about how this relates to Weiss, because like like you said, they just burned a, an asset who just Despite, like Durham like a did. double agent from Russia. They, they burned yep, him completely. Just like, yep. Just like Durham did with Danchenko. So there, there's two sides to this. Like you could, you could make the argument that, um, and a lot of people are on Twitter that Weiss is covering for, for Biden with this. And, and like, I know you, you have an alternating, an alternative perspective, yeah. e even like going back to how this entire Weiss thing played out. Like it looked like he was trying to give Hunter a sweetheart deal. Didn't go down that way. It ended up snowballing into the special counsel. And now he's going after um, Smirnov, whether it's legitimate or not, it very, very well could be. We'll find out. But the narrative fodder coming out of this for the left is like even Joe Biden himself was he went out there and made a statement like, see, this is all bullshit. We just need to we need to throw this all out the window, all these accusations, even this impeachment inquiry. That's what I see this being used for. And it's, it, it's having me like question whether or not Weiss is what we thought he was going to be. You know, because if you look at how long it's taken for him to even come forth with it, it's been like years, four or five years. You have the um, the testimony from the whistleblowers from, oh, shoot, where were they? The, the two, IRS. Uh, the IRS whistleblowers who are like, yeah, 
we could have charged which, this guy a long time ago, but Weiss which this doesn't pull the this trigger. doesn't change anything about what they brought. I know, but I'm just saying, like the picture they painted of Weiss now coupled with like this. I mean, I fully believe, like in the emails, there is evidence of crimes committed by the Bidens. Like the the mm -hmm. emails itself, you can see the reason they had Hunter on that board in Burisma alone was to basically get them to stop investigating Zlovjeski. And then you have Biden on tape saying the whole, you know, uh, we we withheld the billion dollars until they fired the prosecutor, all these things. There are recordings of Biden and Poroshenko, which we've seen a couple of. There's got to be more than that. There's evidence or there's allegedly recordings of um, Biden and Zlovcheski. Yeah, allegedly he has 15 recordings. Yeah, but two I of think Joe the, and 15 of Hunter. But I think that that came from the Smirnov guy, right? He's the one who, no. who said that. Wasn't that in the 1023? No, no, that, I think that's different. That doesn't come from that 1023. That comes okay. from something different. So what's interesting here is like, I just, the, the biggest indictment we've gotten out of Weiss so far, I would say, is one that, in my opinion, from the narrative side of things, totally damages our thinking of Biden being a criminal. Like that's, it's the narrative fodder they're using. But I mean, hey, if they have to prove that he lied, then he's gonna have to prove that he didn't. So maybe this is a way of rushing stuff to evidence to trial. I don't know. Never mind. But, it is from that 1023. My bad. Yeah, it is from that 1023. It is from Smirnov. Yeah. So shit, man. I don't I don't know what to think of this. Like it I'm just questioning now whether or not Weiss is what okay. we thought he was. Or okay. Smirnov Let's... is swampy. I don't know. Okay. Let me say this. The uh well, first let me establish this. Smirnov's claims being false doesn't change anything about the Hunter Biden laptop. Doesn't change yeah. anything about the hundred and fifty or so special suspicious activity reports that the banks made. Doesn't change anything about what the IRS whistleblowers brought forth in hundreds of pages of documents, if not thousands of pages of documents, right? Doesn't yep. change anything about those. So Smirnov, we can take it as it is and say that Weiss is correct in charging Smirnov and that Smirnov did lie to the FBI in that 1023 form and he lied later on in his re-interview that he did with the special counsel in 2023. And that these charges are totally justified because this guy is uh, committing election interference basically by bringing false allegations, filling false FBI reports, whatever. And it doesn't change our general opinion and our general understanding of the Biden crime family and the type of activities they engaged in. It's still true that Hunter Biden was yep. on Burisma and he had no business being on that board. But does it's it change your opinion other... twice? No. No, because if, if this guy is guilty of the charged crimes, then it makes sense that he would be charged. Yeah, I, I get that. But like, how long has he been going after Biden? Since 2018, right? Five years. 2018 the, is when the investigation started. Yep. Five years. And the biggest indictment that we've gotten to date is one that debunks narratives against Biden. That Or that's what's being no, said I think, about it. I mean, I kind of think the Hunter Biden indictment with the tax stuff is a little bit bigger than this, but maybe not. I'm not sure. Yeah, maybe. I mean, that's nine fel. What was it? Eight felonies? Six felonies? Yeah, but I mean, th that's I'm not I'm not saying actually. But I'm saying like the from from a mainstream perspective, like yeah, Hunter got indicted. A lot of people didn't even talk about that. It was tax stuff. It wasn't any corruption stuff. But here, the big indictment is guy who alleged Biden's committed corruption stuff is indicted for lying 
and now it's being used well, to say the Bidens are innocent. Well, this like, is the thing. It goes back it, to Pade okay, but this is the thing. It goes all the way back to Hillary Clinton and Podesta and Durkach. Sure. Okay, what? Okay, what's going on here is that Weiss is prosecuting the people who set Trump up for the Ukraine impeachment. They, these people, Hillary Clinton, Podesta, Manafort, Durkach, these corrupt Russians and Ukrainians, they collected dirt against the Bidens that was false. And they tried to, and Rudy Giuliani went to Ukraine and met with Durkach and met with uh, Pavel Fuchs, others. Remember, he was going there trying to investigate dirt on the Bidens and allegations about the Bidens corruption in, in Ukraine. Drudy is an asset. He went there and gathered evidence against those people who were trying to frame Biden with the false evidence and also frame Trump because that's why they that's why they impeached Trump. What they wanted to have happen you, was you, Rudy collect after them. Yes. What they wanted to have happen is they wanted this false these false allegations against Biden to be a poison pill and for Trump's team to take them and run with them and then get caught trying to frame Biden with false information. Trump didn't fall for it. But yeah. Trump, what Trump did was call Zelensky and say, hey, I want you to investigate this stuff. That's why they used that phone call against him, because yep. they were trying to tie it to these false allegations. Weiss is going after the people who created the false allegations in the first place. Those people, like Smirnov, is likely being paid by Durkacz's network. Durkacz's network was being paid by Hillary Clinton's network, uh, Victor, uh, not not Pinchuk, uh, maybe it's Pinchuk. He's the he's the number one donor to the Clinton Foundation. He's the biggest single donor to the Clinton Victor Foundation. Victor Pinchuk. Yeah, yeah. Victor Pinchuk. That's well, where how, Weiss how is, is headed Weiss's with this purview, though. Because his purview because, from the, from the DOJ because this was sent because this material right here that he brought this indictment off of was sent to his office from Scott Brady in yeah. Pennsylvania. So he's continuing that work that went from Barr and Rudy and Trump to Pennsylvania and then to Delaware. I think I think Robert K. Hurd did the same thing. Hmm. They all like this is a continuation of 2016 and everything that went down then. But it's it's handoff after we talked about this before about how the, we think some of this stuff is handed off. This yep. this is what this is. And that plea deal. What happened with the plea deal? Please remember that everybody thought that plea deal was a golden parachute. That's it. Weiss is covering everything up and Hunter's going to get away with it. And what happened? It blew up because Weiss designed it to blow up in that hearing. And now Hunter has two different cases totaling nine felonies. I think it is, or maybe it's eight felonies and one misdemeanor in two different States. So that plea deal blowing up actually made everything worse for the Bidens. But and then I now, can make a counter, now I can the make media a counterpoint to that. Hold on. I can make a counterpoint to that, that if they did not have the judge they had, it would not have blown up like that could have gone no. through if they, if they would have no, got that's not true. How, how is that not true? Because every judge is required in a plea deal to read every single line of the plea agreement and have yeah. the defendant say yes to every single line and make sure they understand it. So she was always going to get to the lines that caused it to blow up. Any other judge would have gotten to those same lines and Hunter's attorneys would have claimed that it covered everything. And mm -hmm. DOJ would attorney, special counsel's counsel Weiss's attorneys 
would have said no, the prosecutors would have said no, it does not cover everything. It covers only the tax crimes and the gun charges. So so you leave no possibility open that Weiss is not who we thought he was? You still think he's... Yeah. Okay. I just want to see. Like, I'm, I'm, I'm skeptical now. I move from like... I don't understand why why you'd be skeptical of him bringing a charge against somebody who brought false information. Because because he's been investigating Hunter Biden for five years, and he brought gun he brought a few gun charges and tax stuff against Biden when we know there's corruption, and he brought an allegation or a, an indictment against a guy who's who who's like this again the narrative fodder for them. Th this only benefits the left and the Bidens. I think it benefits right, everybody right too. I think I mean, it's it benefits everybody to kill the lies. It ki the, killing the lies know. about Joe Biden is a good thing for the left and the right. I understand that the media are doing a victory lap, and I understand that the right are blackpilling over it. But killing a lie is always worth it, and the lie are what are the lies are what was in that ten twenty three form. Yeah, and killing those lies is important. And I don't oh, blame I, the Republicans at all. I don't blame the Republicans at all for highlighting that 1023. They never knew the source of it. They never knew any of the specifics about it. They just knew broadly what was in that 1023. And they were trying to get the FBI to tell them about it. Now we understand why the FBI didn't turn it over to them completely and tell them everything. It's because it was part of an investigation that would later be this prosecution against Smirnov. Yeah, I don't See, know. I th okay, let me put it to you this way. Weiss is prosecuting someone who tried to frame Trump. Smirnov's target wasn't the Bidens in 2020. His target was the Trump campaign. I he get that. But false information about the Bidens in order to trick the Trump campaign into bringing false allegations against Biden. So it would be a poison pill and that Trump would be impeached over buying buying or bringing false allegations out of Ukraine against his political opponent in that presidential race. I, I, I get what you're saying, but in a narrative warfare, like I want him to be prosecuting the Bidens for the crimes that we know they committed and not prosecuting crimes against people who set up Trump. Like, yeah, they should be prosecuted, but I honestly don't give a shit about that stuff. I want Biden get... <laughs> to be prosecuted. Okay. What, right? I, I, I don't understand like, not giving a shit about prosecuting someone who tried to frame Trump. Well, like, he, he didn't succeed. And like right now in the narrative warfare, it the, in the narrative warfare scenario, this hurts the the narrative like for us. It benefits the left. Oh, temporary. You, you could you could, temporary. you could frame that, though, as as it's sort of like the Trump witch hunt stuff where it just gets them further and further committed to the. Biden's are innocent the whole time, you know, like they've done this stuff with election fraud too. We've seen these kind yep. of narrative deployments where they're like, see, look, I mean, uh, Fox News and Dominion, all, all that kind of stuff. I mean, that's a, that's a little different, but um, they're, they're super dug in on the Biden crime family being innocent and having nothing to do in Ukraine. So I could also see it being a case of, you know, making their bed, making them make their bed where they're, they were doing this with Durham as well and saying he didn't get anything done. Uh, Durham doesn't exist. Then it became, well, he exists, but he's not being effective. Um, and, you know, it seems like a lot of what he did set up the prosecutions to come. So I, I wonder if if Weiss is on our side and everything. 
it's part of just kind of encircling this whole crime family narrative and forwarding it on a certain timeline as well. I mean, I don't know. Speaking just... of speaking of Durham, guess who was on the uh, Andre Durkach indictment? Adam Small and Jonathan Alger. And they brought it at the same time that they were spinning up the Danchenko indictment because all of these people work for the same deep state. The people who employed Danchenko, the people who were behind the Steele dossier, the people who were behind framing Trump with Russiagate are the same people behind Alexander Smirnov and Andre um, Durkach. I'll bet you, John, I'll bet you a bag of Benson's cunt candy. I'll bet you a bag of Vincent's honey candy. How big is the yeah. bag? Okay, I'll bet you that bag. size bag, yes. My size okay. bag. <laughs> I will bet you one of these bags of candy, okay? That in... <laughs> she's not, not, okay. not Obviously, wow. she doesn't love me as much as she loves you, but she loves me enough. That she, <laughs> does, she does keep me stocked with some candy. I'm a bit jealous now. Uh... I was, you have to complain very publicly about it, and then she'll send you a big bag. That's what I've learned. No, so. That's why I got a bag, I'll actually, after complaining two weeks ago, so <laughs> it's perfect. I'll, I'll bet you a bag of Benson's honey candy that down the road, I don't know when. This guy's trial is supposed to start in April. They're fast-tracking this. But I don't know when, but I'll bet you a bag of candy that there will come a moment in the near future, let's say within a year, that you're going to be like, you know what? That Smirnov indictment actually was a good thing to bring. Yeah. I mean, part part of the reason I'm looking at this. <laughs> he doesn't want to take the bet. <laughs> no, I'll take the bet. I'll take the bet. Look, take the bet? Okay. Sure. But uh, like, th think about this. This the, the 1023 form, that kind of came out of nowhere, right? How, do you remember how that originated? Right. Somebody said they knew that there was a 1023 form. I think maybe Grassley and Johnson were the first to talk about it. I don't remember how it came. It, it To me, it's almost felt like this 1023 form came up. Yes, it might have been lies, but then it gets investigated. And he debunks it, right? And he's like, okay, well, this guy lied. That's not true. And it takes away a lot of fodder from from um, the impeachment stuff and whatever. But like what, what um, oh, what's his name? Judiciary Comer. Comer. Like they've been putting out bank transactions. Like we have yes. bank transactions. Where the hell is Weiss on that stuff? Like he, he got to the bottom of... He's been investigating the Bidens for five years. He got to the bottom of the 1023 form before he got to the bottom of the diamonds and the bank wires and all these other shit. Like, what are you doing, bro? This That's why I'm just, I'm like, okay. A lot of the stuff has been interesting. Some of the handoffs were interesting. The Lausch stuff, the the whole timing of this getting set up was the, with the classified document scandal, the the Sperry speculation that the classified document scandal and and the her investigation started because of the Weiss investigation. Like all this stuff has been interesting, but then where are like, come on, dude, shit or get off. I mean, the he's not going to bring it. He's not going to indict Biden while he's in office. So if, if that's what you're thinking is going to happen, it's, it's not, it's not going to happen. Yeah. And there know. was never a chance that it would happen because DOJ doesn't do that. They don't bring indictments against a sitting president. They wait for him to be out of office. Maybe, but he, I, I don't care about, I mean, there's no maybe about Joe. that. That's what that's what that's what the DOJ has said. I don't is care about this... Joe though. It, it, you prove Hunter is corrupt. That, that's all you need. the The ten percent for the big guy stuff. The public opinion, the court of public opinion, will get Joe, which is what we need right now. But 
I like doing this because this is the quietest I've ever seen Burning Bright in my life. I think. I just don't have a. I don't have a strong stance on. It. I think it's a good. I think it's a good conversation to have. I mean, mm-hmm. it's. You know, I just. Um, I don't obviously don't follow these investigations nearly close enough to have an informed opinion on it. I'm just if, if I'm hearing what the argument is, I think it's reasonable. I, I just think I think your argument is reasonable, John. Um, I just think that it it might sound like a, for somebody like me who hasn't dug into this this stuff as closely as you guys have, um, it might sound like a bit of a faith based argument that that I forward. But if we're looking at you know, on this show in particular, we talk about the Biden administration largely being sort of the awakening administration and all of that. And and we talk about how important this narrative warfare is, this this period of narrative warfare and awakening. And I do get your point, John, about um, about black pillars and, and, and the left weaponizing these kinds of cases and turning them around these kinds of deployments and trying to turn them around against Trump, et cetera. But I can also see it just being a another example that we've seen a long line of, of, of playing the string out, sort of letting, letting the establishment uh, fully commit on these positions that we think they're going to end up looking absurd on, but the timeline in which that happens is not going to be right now. Um, you know, in terms of Hunter Biden, I don't know if it would have anything to do with cooperating human source of it all and those theories. Absolutely. But, you know, some of the some of the it reasons does. that an indictment wouldn't be brought on him in this period of time. And to your point, I think it's a good point you bring up, uh, John, about the court of public opinion. Obviously, we if we think the Biden administration was, quote unquote, allowed to happen, You've said it's been allowed to happen to avoid a civil war, essentially. I I fully agree with that. But why was it necessary to avoid a civil war? Or why did the Biden administration avoid a civil war at that time? Because whatever number of Americans were not where we're at, or they were not even open to the idea of the things that we talk about all the time. Uh, Now, three years later, almost four years later, they're certainly more open to that. Way more people are every day. So I just see it as more of a timeline thing, and I I don't follow it close enough, but I've also stopped trying to play the guessing game of which people in the DOJ are good or bad. It's, it's, it's almost, to me, an inverse of what we say about Trump with the Fannie Willis case and the Jack Smith case and the witch hunt, where our foundational framework of looking at all those cases, even though we can debate on whether Jack Smith is trying to help Trump set precedents or he's a deep state asset that is setting these precedents, we believe that Trump is innocent of everything he's being accused of. The exact inverse is the case with the Biden crime family. So I get that we have not seen the sort of justice we want to see, but I would say it's kind of the same argument people make against devolution and all that stuff in general, where they're like, well, if if the election was stolen in 2020, why are they, why have they been lying to us? And you know that that whole stance it discounts the whole reason we think Trump did it, which is that there wasn't public mandate for it. Uh, and you know, final point here is on the court of public opinion related court of public opinion related to Hunter Biden. That's the thing where indictments would forward that, I guess. 
But are you under the impression that the court of public opinion on Hunter Biden is good right now? Because I think that that has fully turned against him and that that's become essentially mainstream. I had said back yeah. in July, I walked by my in-laws watching CNN and they were talking about Hunter Biden and Joe having to distance himself from him. Um, so it, it no, feels I, I like anything. That. That, yeah, I, I'm saying more like it, you mentioned is, uh, indictments on Hunter. Yeah, I'm just saying of all the things to come out that we got ammo that the Bidens can use in their defense versus yeah. the opposite, which at this point in the game, I think is just crazy this long into it. Yeah. But I, I mean, just could we'll, see we'll it. See. I, I'm curious. I'm, to see I, I'm literally I think trying it's, to play I think it's a good. I just could see it being. Them, I think it's good to dis, to to try and disabuse MAGA of false beliefs of incorrect information. And it's painful. It's painful. But, you know, we bought into something that was false. Well, of what? And the, this, this allegation of $5 million bribes to Joe and Hunter, the stuff that's in that 1023 form. So it, it's it's false. It doesn't make sense. It does. The dates don't line up. The visits don't line up. The guy's travel records don't line up. Um, the it doesn't it doesn't make sense. He's lying about it because he's repeating what Durkach has said, which is also lies. So it's good to uproot these false beliefs so that we can get down to the stuff that is more accurate. And it sucks to have a narrative loss in the short term, but long term, we want to make the best arguments and the best arguments don't include incorrect information. Uh, just like, I mean, think about how many people on the left got programmed with the Spygate uh, garbage and bought into all sorts of stuff about Trump that was never true. And it took Durham to come out and try and, and try and prove all that stuff false. And then their media didn't tell them it was false. Just like their media doesn't now tell them about all the stuff about Biden that is true or that is substantiated. The, this me, the, me, the media is never going to tell us we're winning and they're going to seize on every opportunity there is to tell us that we're losing. This is just one of those times where they're seizing on the opportunity to do that. But to me, it's nothing to take a black pill over because this guy is absolutely a swamp creature. Or, well, he's a, he's a, he's a long-term FBI informant who is himself corrupt and probably a double agent, just like Igor Danchenko, just like Christopher Steele. And the FBI is better off with this guy being exposed and taking out, taken out of their system because he's obviously been compromised. And he tried to frame Trump in 2020 and interfere in the election then. No, like that's a, that is a good thing, no matter how you cut it. I understand the narrative loss sucks right now in the short term, but it is short term. And those people who are doing their victory lap over it, they were already they were already saying the same things that, that this stuff was false and that Biden's not corrupt and Republican lies and MAGA botting into garbage and all this stuff. You know, they, they would be saying the same things anyway. It doesn't matter. You're you're muted. You're muted. I was more so just, you know, I was curious if it made you question your judgment of Weiss at all. And it, it hasn't. So we'll see. We'll see. Mm -hmm. I'm curious to see this trial, though. Um, see what comes out of it. Because if there if there was ever a time to show that you had 15 recordings of the Bidens of Chesky, I'd love to see those, man. Well, um, I do. Ever ever since this indictment came out, I have had, my intuition has been telling me that this is like the plea deal again. 
that it's another shoe is going to drop. That it's like cool. short term, we're all like, "Re, what the heck is Weiss doing?" And all the black pillars are excited to spread their misery, and then something non-linear occurs, and we're all like, "Oh, whoa!" And the people who are doing the victory lap and black pilling right now um, suddenly shut up. Right? Oh. I, I feel like that's going to happen with this. We'll see. I don't know how. When is the tr trial? Do we know? April 20 something, I think it is. Yeah, I love how quick those move to. compared I wouldn't to. Be yeah, Trump I wouldn't set. be surprised if it gets delayed some, but um, he's certainly fast tracking it. Yeah. We shall see. I want to play one clip, two clips. First, oh, this his one. By the way, his, his defense attorneys are the same defense attorneys that Suge Knight had. Fun fact. Interesting. <laughs> Fun fact. Yeah. Let me play this. Uh, this is from back in 2021, right after the Biden inauguration. But this is a nice little uh, red pill to share around. And I'd like to understand from you what Trump era immigration policies have been banned, ended, reversed, and if any investigations are underway by you. Uh, so we have rescinded so many uh, Trump immigration policies. It would take so much time to list them. So that's perfect. Perfect. <laughs> yeah, perfect. And then I also got this I want to play. This is a statement Trump put out today, tonight. I haven't even watched this yet, but I heard it's pretty cool. So let's check it out. And then we'll get into the rumble rants. Radical left Democrats are at it again. They're constantly making up stories about me because their candidate is a mental and physical basket case. It's never been anything <laughs> like it. It's also the worst president in the history of our country. He was on a very poorly rated show last night, and he talked about Donald Trump and his wife. I don't know the name of my wife. He was referring to the fact that at CPAC, where I had a sold-out speech, the biggest audience they've had in years, I think maybe ever, I made the statement that Melania was very popular because when I mentioned her name, the audience went wild. I then looked at the two people, man and wife, Matt and Mercedes Schlapp, and I said, wow, they really like the first lady. So this got taken is the fact that I thought Mercedes was the first lady. It has nothing to do with that. These people are really dishonest. They are absolutely something. They have a horrible candidate who's a horrible president. They make up things constantly. You take a look at when I use Barack Hussein Obama and I interject him into where it's supposed to be Biden. And I do it purposely for comedic reasons and for sarcasm, <laughs> because a lot of people say that Obama is running the country, not Biden, because he's sleeping all the time. They say, oh, I don't know the name of the president. Or when I imitate this guy getting off a stage, what they do is they say, oh, he had trouble getting off a stage. I have no trouble getting off a stage. <laughs> Anybody that watches what I do at rallies would say, wow, that's amazing. He can go two hours without a teleprompter, not making even a little mistake. Very few people, maybe almost nobody can do what I do. So here's the story. The disinformation of the Democrats is unbelievable. They do it because they have a horrible candidate. Don't associate me with the mental midget that you portray, <laughs> because I want to tell you, he should not be leading this country. And hopefully on November 5th, he's not going to be. We're going to have a big election. We're going to have a big victory and we're going to make America great again. Thank you. That was Man, so funny. Speaking, speaking of nonlinear events, I, <laughs> I know I've said it before in different contexts, but when I see something like that, like 
you know you can see when somebody's smiling with their eyes even if yeah. they're not doing it you could see it in that clip right where he's like i can just picture the people behind the camera just being like he's crazy man the boss is so crazy and i take it as such a white pill when he clearly didn't plan that out there's no. no possible way that was on a teleprompter. He just got out there and was going to talk about how great he is at walking on stage. Go tell how everybody bad... how much better at walking off stages you are than Biden. Maybe Humanist. the best ever. Everyone tells me how good I am at that. It's like, it, it feels like a dare. It feels like he's he's acting out a dare that somebody gave him from off stage, where Cash is just like, dude, just talk about how good you are at walking around. And see if you can riff for two straight minutes about it. And you know that gives him? me the the reason I think it's a white pill is because he's not worried about any of this. You know, it's like it, it's mm. so the Biden administration's become such a clown show now. Even the whole previous segment about all the lawfare that's going on, and I don't know which way it's eventually which way it's gonna go right now, but I, I feel like eventually I know which way it's gonna go. Does he seem worried? Like, does he no. seem worried about the lawfare against him? Does he seem worried nope. that the lawfare is not gonna go the right way against Biden? Uh, I don't know. He just seems so cozy that he gets up there for a two minute stream of conscious about his comedic things he says and how the left like takes him out of context and his skills of coming off of stages. And I can't even picture Biden doing like a two second stream of conscious talk on anything. He can't do and anything. He's just smiling the whole time. Like, oh, it's crazy. When's the State of the Union? Seventh? Uh, or am I? Soon, March. He hasn't, he hasn't really fouled any of those up because his dementia is all an act. March 7th. They drug him up. Yep. Drug him to the gills. There's no drug that makes it where you don't have dementia like that. There's no. I think there's lots of drugs like that. Amphetamines, and, and who knows? By the way, I saw people complaining in the chat, and I get it. I get it. I had a little anecdote in my personal life last night. I've mentioned before, I've, I've got a cousin who's like Trump adjacent. Like, I wouldn't say he's a Trump guy, but just sort of thinks that I'm used to think I'm silly for paying a lot of attention to this stuff. Like, what's it matter? Who cares? Whatever. Uh, grew up in the Boston area, served in the military. Now he's out in Denver with his wife and got a kid on the way. And all of a sudden, blowing my phone up about the buses that are hitting Denver and the migrants, and I'm not raising my daughter here, and I'm going to Wyoming and the border and Ukraine. He's sending me Ukraine articles about the Pentagon opening up 50 investigations, which that was another thing I forgot to grab, yeah. to, or maybe I grabbed it earlier, but Pentagon inve investigating all the foreign aid going to Ukraine. So mm -hmm. the, the, the weird paradox that is not a paradox here, this includes the lawfare, this includes uh, the Biden crime family, it includes the Southern border, it includes COVID in my opinion. Uh, the answer that a lot of people do not like is that in order to wake people up, they are letting you, patriots are allowing a certain amount of stuff to happen, right? We think that devolution is stopping national essential functions from being uh, disturbed. Uh, that doesn't mean that they're they're able to stop absolutely everything. And guess who had no, like my cousin had no mandate. He'd rather Biden not be the president, but to be totally honest, he didn't really give a shit. Why? Because human beings are selfish and most of them just don't care. They just don't care because it's not affecting them. 
until they live in a shithole city that they perceive Joe Biden as having destroyed in a few years. And all of a sudden, he is super invested in all of these topics that only weirdos like us talk about in, in watching this show. So that that's why. That's why everything's bad right now. That's yep. why everything seems bad. That's why people who come in here and start freaking out about the border every single episode on everything we talk about, that's the point. The point of Trump leaving that little sliver of border wall, nobody wants to talk about this, he left that little sliver of border wall and he baited Joe Biden about the border because he wanted illegals to flood in here so that he could wake up all the people who've been telling us for years that it doesn't matter. And as you've pointed out in the past, John, why is he talking about the Eisenhower model? Because he can scoop them all up and get them all out of here, which is why the first topic on the show tonight, if El Salvador can do it, you guys don't think the U.S. military can do it. Come on. Like, for the people talking about it, you can't, you can't address it. They're everywhere. There's 7 million of them. It's you guys, I'm saying black pillars that are out there talking about how it's an invasion and we're doomed and everything's falling apart. It's like, no, the point is for you to feel that way. And then just like a light switch, Trump can come back in, kick off an Eisenhower model and fix it lickety split. And he'll have a huge public mandate to do it. And I think that goes for the economy, for foreign aid. Nobody was talking about foreign aid in your social circles in the last 10 years until Joe Biden became president. And now nobody can shut up about it. So this is the point. It's the it's the bad news is good news in the mind war thing. The matter you get, the more it's working. It's a good point, but I don't think you needed to angrily yell at us. At us. I'm passionately um, yelling at you. Was angrily. I'm not yelling at you. But he I'm contained himself during our argument. It kind of built up, I think. Yeah, he uh, can't. He can't sit that <laughs> long without. There, like... <laughs> 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 oh, funny. Okay. I was like, let's... I don't have a firm opinion on this. <laughs> Damn it. Let's go through the rants. Oh, somebody did. Somebody did make a point um, in the chat about Trump saying midget, which is not politically correct, but he gives no fucks. He's like, whatever. He's what are you supposed to call them now? What are you supposed no. to call those little those little rascals these days? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I mean, they're not full people up. anyway, so. I don't know why we should... God. Just physically, man. What are you trying uh, to do? Thanks, man. Let's do the rumble rants here. Um, should I put them on the screen? Yeah. And do you want to check if we got any? Uh, yes. Boosts while the show is going on. Uh, Shelly of Texas, see you soon. I'm assuming, I'm hoping she means at Gart. Otherwise, that could be creepy. But yeah. <laughs> she is in your bushes with tack rights right now. She's staring at you. <laughs> but yeah, see you soon at Gart, Texas, coming up in April here. Get your tickets, guys. Uh, um says organized crime rings from Chile operating in Indianapolis. And then leaves a link. That is interesting. I will post that again in the chat. Save that for later. Thank you. Julie Jan, big raid roundup of Hell's Angels in my area today. Bars and homes. Hmm. Cool. Crane Op. What I like about Badlands is not the personalities, though it helps, of the hosts, but what they bring to the table. Where we go one, we go all. Maga. Nice to see you, Crane Op. Thanks, Crane. Thanks, Crane Op. Hope to see you at the next GART as well, Mr. Crane Op. Uh, Carrie Jean, good evening, gentlemen. For BB, a karate man. Hundred dollar rant. Oh, thank you. Open this wow. earlier. Thank you. Is it any it good? Was, uh, it was a. Sh <clears throat> what was this from? 
can play can play a little bit of it. Yeah, there you go. Trading place. The tight surveillance, man. That's why I'm wearing these bummy clothes. You had to make sure a dude had his payroll before I made my move. Tell us how you cut him. Yeah, I ain't cut him with no knife, man. But you told me last night you cut the dude. It's with these I cut him. I am a chain belt from Kung Fu. Bruce Lee was my teacher. Watch this. What? Just so you all know, this is so fitting because this is Burning Bright. Anytime you get him in person talking about his <laughs> fighting career, this is what he does. Mm -hmm. So just keep that in mind. The, the technique is impeccable so far. <laughs> we'll, we'll not watch the full clip, but thank you for the rumble. <laughs> okay, thank you. <laughs> Solid technique. I need to brush up. Yeah, you do. Uh, let me get the screen back up here. Um, Mom2444. Now I can buy a Rumble Rant from the app, but all I can think of saying is Mohap. There is nothing wrong with that. Mohap for life. <clears throat> if you send like 10 rants or so and include Mohap in every one of them, you will be Freight Awakening because that is true. That true. is what he does. And holy cow, we got a, a where we go one, we go a Joe. Or we go all Joe with a two, I think I saw, yeah, three, three. $300 rants, which is wow. insane. Yeah. So you. thank you so much. Thank I'll, you. Thank you. I'll read these three back to back. Um, I've watched you guys for a long time now. Much respect to you all. I'm glad that John got a sense of humor over time. You two brought them out of the closet. <laughs> thank you. Yep. Was that boring James at the Russell. beginning? He's regretted it ever since. <laughs> just human just a down payment for your wrx don't let john take it all yes john you have to send me that whole thing there's a wrx for sale just down the street from me oh damn a low mile bug eye wow it's got 137,000 miles on it i'll send you all 300 dollars. clean original paint minus the rumble 20 percent. but yes i will send it <laughs> Uh, and then for Burning Bright, I haven't forgot about you, Burning Bright. Don't let John take it all. The threes for the threesome. Hopefully this will help you with your decor and your backdrop. It needs a little more something. Wow. Or your That's face. Uh, that needs a little more something too. Maybe another sword. Another sword could do it. Maybe. But thank you so much. Yes, oh, thank you very much. Very generous of you. Um, Angie K, did y'all see the case that Julie Kelly posted and Mike Davis went on a huge rant about the J6ers? A DC judge had to release Sandra and a six-year-old granny facing 60 days in prison. I did not see that. Nope. Hmm. I will check it out, though. S. Sally 68, so perfect like it's ordained by God. Look, that was in reference to the uh, Fannie Willis, the, the clown show. Gotcha. Uh, Masa, could it be that the Patriots who infiltrated the deep state encouraged Willis to go after Trump, knowing it would blow up in her face? That's what a reason. I, I just don't yeah. think it's a Soros thing, man. I yeah, pro probably. I mean, either way, you know that I, I've said this in other contexts again, but uh, if you can even if you're asking those kind of questions, that's how bad it's going for them, right? I know. Like, and that feels like the Nikki Haley campaign, all of it. It seems like lately we're just like surely this is patriots right and if you're the other side on the info war that's not a good thing for you yeah either way it's a win for us doesn't really yeah. matter 
Um, oh, shoot. Where are we at? Oh, here we go. Uh, Angie Case, start holding the judges accountable and remove their protections and Congress's protections, and this will end. Maybe we've got to fix our elections and get them out of there, then it will mm -hmm. end. Dirk McGurk, nice to see you, man. Uh, I haven't seen Dirk in the chat in a while. Yeah, yeah hey, Dirk. So, very good to see you back, man. RFK on the Dem ticket ensures are no other viable Dem alternatives able to rise to challenge Biden. This ensures that Biden remains in focus as the candidate. Good point. It, yep. it is interesting too, you know, on that note, we don't know how these things will develop, but hey, uh Gavin Newsom's out there and they they keep trying the media keeps trying to bait him uh to go after Biden and so far he's all he's done is keep reaffirming Joe. So Yeah. And then Um again says, if we had a free and fair press, the Muslims would know that the Trump admin was looking out for their best interests, and then sends a link to the Abraham Accords. Hundred percent. Yep. 100%. And that's this is the first step, though. The first step is you need him pissed off at the other guy. And then maybe that that opens their cognitive pathways for some of the MAGA people to say, hey, um, you know, I know you guys aren't Trump people, but did you ever see this? And they'll be more open to that. Once you realize Rachel Maddow is batshit crazy, you can only go up from there. That's right where you get your sources from. <laughs> that's step one. Yep. Uh, VP Nichols. So are we going to find out that the Trump golden shower was actually a Biden senior golden shower? <laughs> I hope we don't find anything out about golden showers, if I'm being honest. I'm not sure, but I, I do think that that story may have originated with a story about the Bidens. I think Probably. it's possible. Maybe not a true story, but um, I do think that's one of the stories that got swept, that they changed the the, the pronouns and the, the names to uh, adapt it to Trump. Do we bore you, Burning Bright? I saw that yawn. A little bit. But, you know, I'll get through it. Okay. Uh, Blue7Eye, BB excels when he gets passionate. True. And angry. People think that this is, this is a story of my life, though. People think I'm getting mad at them, but I'm just getting happy at them very passionately. <laughs> passionately happy. I like that, man. I'm, I'm angrily white-pilling. That's my, my, uh, my genre. He actually said that. He said that. How dare he say that? That was you earlier, just saying. I want that energy the whole State of the Union. Just about about uh, how how well he can walk on stages. Okay, where are we at with the, the funding, by the way? Did they kick the can down to the 22nd or something I saw? Funding the government? I should have looked this up. Yeah, with Biden. I think so. Because Congress has to invite the president to give a State of the Union, but they're, they're not going to be shut down by then, if they shut down at all. At some point, that's going to happen, but I don't yeah, think it's going to be Yeah, delay deadline. Problem. Yes. Um, they reached a tentative deal March 22nd. Yep. Okay. Keep kicking the can down. Same old thing. They're just playing the string out, and uh, people get annoyed at them the whole time. Eventually, though, the can is going to be pulled, and they're going to swing and a miss on that can, and it will not be kicked down the road. That has to happen before this election, in my opinion. be a good thing. So get your Bitcoin. Use our new affiliate partner. <laughs> Very excited about it. Partner.river.com slash Badlands. Um, Dot Kenny just jumped in at the jail scene. John Kyle BB back from reality to Hopeville. What? We're Hopium extremists. And make extremists, yes. Mm -hmm. Extremists. Correct. You can just call us extremists. People know. Melch's deck knows Hoodrat and getting a little hangry. She knows what's on my mind. Who? 
Melchizedek. Melchizedek? Said BB's hangry. He's ready for some kitchen hood rat. Yeah, what are you going for? He or Wait, she. Wait, let me read our last rant and we can talk about your hood rat. Peanut butter and jelly toast kick lately. Just simple. Just mm. some simple stuff. You ever had peanut butter jelly tacos? Chacos? Tacos. Just like you put it That's in horrible. a tortilla. What? That's terrible. Try it. Don't knock until you try it. No. You guys have clearly never tried it. If you I've like peanut butter and jelly, if you like peanut butter and jelly. Either, John. In a soft taco? Like a flour tortilla? Yeah. Try it. I'm telling you to try it. One time. Try it. Like I you're making a peanut butter and jelly, do it in a tortilla. Just tell me what you think. Mm. Lower Canada. That's a slippery not... slope of logic there. Try you guys it. Ain't right. Bur- okay. Justin, you can criticize else. me all you want, but Burning Bright watched Barbie, <laughs> so you do not get to criticize me. True. That's how that's how gay this is that no. you're suggesting this. Try it, guys. My dad used to do it, and so I, I've tried. It's it's not that it's not that bad. If your dad jumped off a bridge, would you do that to save him? I try. Yes, maybe. <laughs> how dare you? How dare you? Uh, Salt Muncher ODA P Diddle. Epstein 2.0, aka Epstein Netflix edition, Red Pills incoming. P diddle. Got another normie text today. I hadn't been following that, um, but I got a different normie that texted me in my family today about that. About P Diddy. Said stuff with P Diddy's getting weird. Because I'm, what, you what know, happened? like I've, I've said, you 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 don't realize how many uh, red pills you've supposited, um, just going about your life until these things start to hit in the media. Guys, the chat, there are people in the chat who agree with me about this. Some some are calling me crazy and, and a weirdo, but others who are agreeing, you got to try it. Just try it one time. I've never done crack once, and I don't think I'm going to do that either. <laughs> uh, Maybe, like, do you toast the tortilla at least? You can if you want. I don't. Something I mean, I don't do it often, but it. this is a snack like I've a had before. a cold tortilla? Room temperature tortilla? Cold tortilla is fine. Whatever you want to do. Just try it once. I don't know. I, I was hoping that you had some sort of, you know, more actuals to go on here. Nope. Sounds like a lot of narrative. Nope. It's actuals. But that is the show, guys, unless we got any boosts. Oh, wait. Howdy, Rowdy. Definitely looking forward to the SoCal Badlanders meetup. Yep. I don't know if you guys saw. We had There was a Lakeland, Florida meetup that went on. Like 30 people went. Nice. Quast was there. Um, nice. Zach and and um, Stormy Kate showed up. I mean, yeah, it was a good show or good, good get together. Nice. nice. Little 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 uh, Gart directions going on. Yeah. Uh, we got our America forty five sent over a boost. Said, "Love you guys, John. I think a certain cowboy has PTSD. Don't be too hard on him. His attitude his attitude seems to be related to being trolled quite a bit." Showed the Chinese balloon as being labeled as ours, the USA, on the military flight map in February. Makes you wonder if Chinese was the narrative and not the actual. Just wanted you to know Derek has it posted on his ex and other places from back then. Thanks and hang in there. Thank you so much for what you're doing, Renee. Thank um, you, Renee. If you're talking about who I, I think you're talking about. I don't think he actually served in combat, so I don't know if he could get PTSD. If it He's is. got PTSD for lying about it. Oh, gotcha. We did get another uh, pretty sizable rant here, and now you guys have to. No. Three hundred dollars. Oh no. From where we go on, we go all Joe. <laughs> Try it for three hundred dollars, guys. You have to now. 
I mean, I could picture doing like a sopapilla. Like that could be good. I don't even know what um, that is. I don't know what that is either. Don't do that. <laughs> soap, yeah. That sounds dangerous. <laughs> oh my gosh. You're gonna hurt yourself. So, is that when you put some soap in a tortilla? No, a so <laughs> no, a sopapilla is a uh, is a Mexican dessert. It's a fried it's a fried flour tortilla. Just a do it in a regular tortilla. Bro. You usually put uh, like, you'll I'll air put, fry um, one. That's what you I'll put do. like a no, just put like cinnamon, honey, butter on them. They're like they like Ooh. they're like flaky. Uh, they're kind of like a uh, a Mexican churro, Danish kind of thing. Mm. Um, I'm trying to. Some people put cheesecake in them, um, or cream cheese in them. Um, it's falling apart. I could picture that being okay. Here's a good, yeah. This is. I'll give you a link. I'll show you what they look like. The, the rant wasn't like, "Hey, do this with whatever you could picture." We don't know with. what he was talking about, actually. The rant he said, was try for it for three hundred, so it could have been anything. You know exactly what he meant. Try crack. He might have been talking about crack. Well, if you would rather try crack than a peanut butter, jelly I will do crack. <laughs> I'll, I'll do crack. Do it next next week before the show, and uh, deal. You'll get even more passion. Out of uh, out of the rants, <laughs> I can't imagine <laughs> you on crack. <laughs> <laughs> guys, guys, the narrators. <laughs> Lord of the not Rings. Not even once. I know myself. <laughs> Never done crack. Mm. Then then you really become Gollum. Oh, can't imagine. <laughs> okay, this is what you were talking about, Kyle. And then after this, we're done. That's an example of them. Okay, that looks pretty yeah. good. Okay, but that has nothing to do with what I'm over. talking about. You're totally. It totally does. It's it's a, a tortilla. It's a pastry-like tortilla that is deep fried, and then you put sweets on it, like powdered sugar and honey, or deep fry peanut butter. I could totally see peanut butter on this, not on a regular like Mission flour tortilla. Well, that's what I'm asking for. <laughs> I don't know Mission. if I can. I can do that. I, I want blander, a missionary style. The blander, the better. <laughs> missionary style tortilla with some peanut butter and jelly in it. We got another Crane Op 59 food porn. John's going to start, at, when John retires, he's going to start like a North Dakota, just staple foods company. And it's going to be Don't you guys Blends. put pickles in your beer up there? Hell yeah. It's super good. You're what? not right. You guys are not right. Not man. all beer. <laughs> just some just some beer. Like if, if you beer? drink a light beer with a, with a pickle in it, it's really good. Oh, my God. No, just because of all your shenanigans right now, guys, <laughs> every meal at the next guard is going to be... Pickles. Tortilla. <laughs> Tortilla, peanut butter, and jelly with beer and pickle. <laughs> Just a whole buffet of it. <laughs> That's it. Pickle, peanut butter, and jelly tortillas. <laughs> that sounds gross, but well, some people put let... pickles in their um not enough sun. Tuna sandwiches. Do you ever, ever eat those? I mean, that doesn't sound insane to me, but I haven't done it personally. I could, yeah, I could I it's like more that. understandable than putting it in a beer. Yeah. Know. Have you have you tried putting a pickle in nope. like a light beer? I will not do that. No. That's in the crack no. category. Of no. you, guys, you guys are so lame. You call me sheltered. You guys won't even try it. No, I'm being a snob. You I'm being are a snob. snob. I'm like, you are like, totally a snob. I, I like craft beer too much to ruin it with a pickle. Well, I never said craft beer. I said a light beer. Well, I only drink craft beer. Well, there you go. You're a snob. I'm not you drink it from your friend's best. Proud of it. And God didn't make pickles for beer. God okay. gave us taste I'm buds, sure and we it. shouldn't waste them on... I don't want to know what you beer. think God made pickles for, like. Burning Bright. <laughs> <laughs> well, 
whatever. This show is completely went off the here. rails. So <laughs> I do not have an outro video. This may be but... the most important topic we had we, we discussed. Tonight, <laughs> yeah, right. Honestly. It could honestly. be. But we're gonna end it here so Birdie Bray can go. You're gonna try it. I know you are. You're gonna try it right now. And you're gonna no, love it. I'm a little weirded out by it, but you know, I could see fluff working in that combination. Do you guys have fluff in the wider country? Fluff? Fluff? What do you mean? Like marshmallow? What is? What is? Why do like, you call it fluff? Uh, marshmallow that you'd put, because it's called fluff in New England, and we invented it, literally. You invented marshmallows? Like the spreadable marshmallow. You know how like you put on sandwiches? Do you guys have that? No. Do you guys know what I'm talking about, well, chat? I'm not sure. Fluff. You got to get some fluff. I'll send no, you some. I, I'll send you both fluff. No, okay. I'm not a fan well, of I will try the fluff if you try my way. I think I'm gonna put fluff into the tortilla with some peanut butter. Peanut butter fluff. Okay, Call whatever. A fluff or nutter. Okay. Let's I'll, try. It. I'll How about diced and roasted tomatoes, green peppers, yellow <laughs> and red peppers, onions, some uh, ground Would beef, you just come over or maybe the border some with that recipe. Some, yeah. Some chicken or steak, you know, skirt Dude, steak, bro. you know. Sounds um, a little weird, man. You could stuff that into a tortilla. Uh, maybe add a little little cheese, some oachaca, um, you know, maybe some jalapenos. Chat um, knows what I'm talking about. Yeah. I, I know it might be crazy, but I think those might go well in a flour tortilla. See, so guys, look what, look what immigration does. This is what yeah. it does. Also, eggs, butter, so jelly, this guy can't help but talk Mexican food. Sausage, scrambled eggs, roasted potatoes. We're winning wars right up until the, the wall. Came you know, if you roll it up, you roll it up correctly, it becomes what's known as a breakfast burrito. Can't go wrong with a delicious breakfast burrito. Not at this time of night. <laughs> Any time of night or day is a good time for a breakfast burrito or a breakfast quesadilla. Oh. <clears throat> You guys are never going to let me leave. Nobody makes any kind of snacks quieter than me. I saw your That's wife in the, my... the chat for the first time, like, ever. Is she... She definitely passed out. She's out. Okay, hmm. well... the dog's already downstairs. He's right here. So that means Hoodrat's in order, and he's not going to wake her up by crashing down the stra stairs for Hoodrat hour. So Have we're you considered getting your stairs carpeted? to avoid the the crashing problem so i'm assuming they're not they're not but that's not a bad idea hmm i like how you think right now in this particular context <laughs> but no other context <laughs> don't click that yeah. <laughs> okay well good night everybody we're gonna end with i don't have anything lined up so hey watch cultural heretics tomorrow afternoon peeps 2 p.m shit lordery will commence there you go. 2 p.m. It's a good show. You guys check it out. Him and Julian Rum. Julian Rums, I call him. Julian, yeah. Or uh, Julian's Rum. Which one is it? Julian's Rum. What okay, I call him the other one. Julian Rums. And he loves it. He said on <laughs> on uh, Liberty Den last week. So <laughs> Julian Rums. Okay. Good night, everybody. We will see you next week. Good night. You know what, Toby? When the son of the deposed king of Nigeria emails you directly asking for help, you help. His father ran the freaking country, okay?